episode 364 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. Hey, it's us again. You probably just heard us a few days ago. I'm waving to the microphone right now, by the way. Uh, I'm Glenn, along with uh, my buddy, Josh Langford. Hello. Hello, girls. That's that's my best squiggy impression. (laughs) Lenny and squiggy impression. I don't remember what Lenny sounded like. Didn't he just sound like Michael McKeon? Pretty much. Well, no, he, he put on an accent. He put Which on made no sense because they accent. weren't in New York City. They were in Milwaukee. Well, yeah. They had the wrong but, accents. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> We're from Milvo- Milwaukee? What is Milwaukee? <laughs> what is this for Milwaukee? Oh, man. So, uh, short week for us, but we still have a lot to talk about. And my voice is still kind of eh. And you'll probably hear a lozenge hit my teeth every now and then. That's to keep it going. So apologize, apologies in advance. So uh, tons of news items. Uh, well, obviously new releases before that. Uh, what we're playing and watching. Uh, part two, or as I like to say, part two of uh, GDC week from last week. Easy there, hotshot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I see what I'm I not going to tell you what to, fi- to file that one. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, little bit of an MGC update. Uh, we're only three weeks out. I want to talk a little bit about the Brewer game if you guys are going to that with us. Uh, my preview, and this is why the podcast is coming out Thursday morning at 3 in the morning, my preview of Batman Arkham Knight from uh, Warner Brothers and from Rocksteady Games, and uh, hopefully some emails. I'm, I think we have a few that we can read this week. Uh, and, and so there's going to be a ton of stuff. I mean, I have a lot of stuff from GDC to talk about, so and some very exciting stuff as well. So exciting! Also, the new releases. New releases for April first. That which means these are all going to come out on the second. Because you yeah. know April Fools and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of games. So MLB fourteen, the show finally hits. Everybody's been. It's March. Where's my baseball? <laughs> I have the, I have the disc right here. There it is. MLB fourteen, the show for the PS three. Why don't you put it in and play right now? Well, you know, ah. if somebody would have made it to UPS quicker. Oh, geez. <laughs> want me to overnight it for $300? No, and the thing is, I had so much to do today anyway, I would never even would have played it. Jeez. All right, so MLB 14, the show, the PS3, and the PS Vita versions are coming. Uh, and just to let people know, uh, the review actually goes up that morning on the 1st. Uh, the review will cover uh, both the PS3 and the Vita versions. M- well, most likely the Vita version. I'm not sure when it's coming, but they did say, it, say it's on the way. I also plan on putting some video up from PS3 and from Vita. So there'll be some direct capture video, not over the shoulder, and then direct capture video of the of the Vita version, uh, primarily on the quick counts, probably the quick count uh, mode. So that is planned. Cool. Yeah. And for the PS3 and PS Vita as well, we have Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. Ooh. So all you all you marks out there can ignore the baseball game and go play your <laughs> RPG. Well, in Ragnarok Odyssey, you know, kind of like a Monster Hunter game. So a pretty popular series, actually. And the PS4 has a new game coming called Mercenary Kings. Uh, very kick-ass game played this at um, E3 and at PAX. So kind of think old school Contra with a little bit of like an RPG element in the background so you can do a little bit of crafting, things like that. Uh, But a lot of fun to play. Kind of, you know, it's an indie title, so of course it has to have the retro graphics. Of course. uh, I really enjoyed this one. You can play a two-player. 
very, very well done, at least when I played it. I don't know if they've ruined it by now, but I doubt it. And there's a rumor that that's going to be a PlayStation Plus deal, too, but nothing Ooh. solid yet. All right. And for the PS3, we have Black Man. Black Man? Black Man, <laughs> Black Black man, man. and Whitey? What? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been that kind of week. Batman, Arkham Origins, Blackgate, nice. Deluxe Edition. Can't wait. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I have listed. I think that's a pretty darn good... Man, there's a lot to play. And then I we guess. got Fez this week, and... Yeah. Ugh. It's been a week. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So... Everybody's going to hear my microphone clicking on and off tonight, by the way, because I'm just coughing up a storm. I uh, just cough into it. No I know. Eh, no, not the ones I have to make. They're pretty gross. <laughs> See, even when I laugh, I have to cough. All right. Well, uh, news. This first one is uh, pretty interesting. You want to do this one or you want me to? You should probably do this one. Uh, this is the Wolfenstein New Order Panzerhund edition. Panzerhund! Has been revealed. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. I read about this. Okay, so there are only 5,000 of these worldwide. Sure there are. Total. Well, that's what they say. I believe that. When they when they actually li- have a number, then I actually do believe it. When they say just limited edition, then sure. no, there's hundreds of thousands of them rolling around. Except for the infamous Second Son one, which <laughs> yeah. nobody can find. Yeah. Uh, so this is a hundred dollars. You can order directly through the Bethesda, uh, merchandise store, their online store. We have a link to it on the website. If there are still any left of these 5,000. Mm. Now here's what it comes with. Yeah. Uh, it all comes in a vintage footlocker style box, uh, each with an individually stamped number plate. See, so it is limited to 5,000, uh, an eight inch fully articulated hand painted Panzerhund statue and base. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a classified folder containing salvaged secret war documents, including maps, case files, letters, blueprints, and an X-ray of what, who knows, a <laughs> uh, set of 14 full-color vintage postcards from Wolfenstein's alternate 1960s bound in a display book. Are they all like pinup girls and stuff? Oh, I hope so. But alternate universe pinup girls? So they're gigantic. They're all in like fur coats hairy. and uh, yeah. like parkas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or it's all three- dudes. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this thing on? Uh, <laughs> Wait, are we recording? Uh, three em- rehearsals. <laughs> three, three embroidered patches, custom replica dog tags, an exclusive steelbook case to house your copy of the game. Actual game sold separately. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, think of it this way. There's only 5,000 of them. Yes. This is why we don't sell. We haven't made T-shirts yet, like actually made them and sold them for cheaper. Because you got to deal with: Do you want it on this system? Do you want to deal have it on this system? This system? This system? So they probably That's can't true. package them like that. 
That's true. I mean, that, that is one way around it. Uh, I think they, didn't they say somewhere? Oh, here it is. This is what they say. Cause they actually wrote it up. Uh, this collector's edition does not include a copy of the game. I wonder how many people are not going to see that and buy it and flip the fuck out. We're, we put it in pretty big bold letters there. I mean, yeah, but I just people who get an email or or see it somewhere on some other website and just are unaware. Yeah. Um, so keep your pre-order at your favorite retailer. And we'll send you these goodies separately. This way we can ship these boxes worldwide. and You're not stuck waiting for your game to come along with an oversized, expensively shipped box. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is $160. <laughs> well, if you want the game, who, who needs the game? Yeah, who needs this? the game? I just got all these cool shiz. Yeah, you got all this other stuff. I, it's... Pretty cool package, actually. That that, that statue looks pretty awesome. It's an eight-inch, fully articulated statue of those Panzerhounds or Panzerhund. Yeah. Uh, which, honestly, I think is really cool. I, when I saw those in the videos, I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And I wonder if this is going to be one of those things, because it's only 5,000 of them. Is it going to be one of the things that sells out quick oh. and is, you know, I just don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It's the first time I, th- I remember this kind of thing happening where the game didn't come with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we always, always joke, joke about that. that. <laughs> always. That hey, and it comes with the game. Yeah. Hey, that was a good idea. Well, yeah, this one doesn't. <laughs> um, but actually, uh, your theory there makes sense that they're not going to get stuck with uh, 5,000 of these on... Uh, in the Xbox One version because... Well, because those won't sell. Exactly. Because it doesn't have uh, Titans in it. <laughs> Although, uh, did it's you... it's got Panzerhunds. <laughs> well, th- this is this is my, my uh, chance this week to take a shot at Microsoft. Do you notice how oh, they okay. haven't released any oh, sales oh, figures for Titanfall yet? Just this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just true. this week. They, they haven't released haven't. any sales figures for that And game. they usually trumpet everything yep. like mad. Yep. Interesting. I'm, Good point. And the 360 ah. version was delayed. And I wonder if that's an artificial delay or not. I think it was. I do too. I think that they're trying to drive sales. And now I saw a sale today for the uh, Xbox One with Titanfall for four forty. So it's it's going down little by little because it was at four fifty mm. last week. I don't think they're selling very well. Well, I think they're probably selling well enough, but nowhere near what they expected. Sure, because I think Microsoft. You know, back to dump truck full of money up to EA. And <laughs> it's called a loss leader. And now, well, that's the thing. Now they're looking at, all right, what did we do? You know, what kind of bump did we get in console sales? Which I think it said sales are up like 120% somewhere or something like that. And I'm like, okay, so if they sold a thousand last week, now they've sold 2,100 <laughs> or something like that. You know, whatever. It, just giving a percentage doesn't tell you anything. Tell me numbers. Yeah. Because, you know, two of shit is still shit. <laughs> I forget, exactly. what, com- what comedian used to do Dennis that Dennis Miller. Oh, was it Dennis because Miller? two of shit is still shit. <laughs> uh, I never forgot that. I always it was on the White that. Album. Or the Off-White <laughs> Album, yeah. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, they do. They love to trumpet their numbers when it's one of those big exclusive games like that. 
interesting. Interesting. Maybe they're waiting till they've got some good accumulated like month long numbers that they can make it. Hey, we, we shipped five billion. Well, it actually, it is EA that should be trumpeting this, not Microsoft. Well, I mean, I, I think Microsoft with all the money they paid for to, to, you know, get that exclusive is going to be trumpeting it as well. Uh, I would expect that because they're packaging it with the system too. But like I said, we had tweets and stuff from people on the day that it launched and they're like, they asked around and, you know, some places hadn't sold one yet and like one system yet with the, you know, with the game. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're obviously a PlayStation oriented podcast, so maybe it's just all the fanboys and fangirls out there looking for ways to rip on them. But we're so used to Microsoft trumpeting everything right away, especially something that they've dumped that much money into. Yeah. Um, you know, even well, even if it's in an indirect way because they're so savvy at marketing and PR, you know, there hasn't been a word, man. It, it's nothing. It's true. We were just talking about that today playing Battlefield. <laughs> we're like, has anybody seen any numbers in it? No. So, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm pretty surprised by it. I'm not used to that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Odd. I still really wish they would release some images and video and everything of the 360 version because I have a feeling it's not going to be that much different. <laughs> I really don't. That would be crazy. Well, I mean, obviously, it's it's probably going to be sub-720p. But, I mean, it's not like you got a lot of AI going on or anything else. I, I just don't see how that game wouldn't look very good on the Xbox 360. I mean, obviously, they have really sharp textures and everything on the Xbox One version, but... Uh, even that, for some reason, is dropping to really bad frame rates at times. So it sounds to me, I don't know, I, I'm I'm confused by it. Because even when I played it at GDC for a little while, they had it up in this little lounge at the at the opening, or like up in the lobby area of, of the South Hall. They had like this Microsoft thing set up. And I went over and played it for a little while because I played it on PC. And, and it's one of those games that definitely looks better on PC. Uh, but I was playing it and it's all right and everything. And then all of a sudden the frame rate dropped like crazy. I mean, I thought I broke it. I was like, what the hell happened here? And it was, it was just the game dropping frame rate. And it didn't even seem like there was that much going on. So I don't even know if it was just, that's what happens when you have a network packet drop or what? I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. So pretty weird. I, like I said, this isn't like some fanboy thing. I'm just honestly shocked that we haven't heard any sales numbers yet. Because with something like this, we usually hear it like, boom, right away. Like, in 24 hours, it sold this many. Nothing. First Just change. saying. Yep. Yeah. Onward. Okay. Uh... Onward and upward. So, uh, Zen Studios uh, revealed new Star Wars pinball Heroes Within pack, which is four new tables for, for Star Wars pinball. Uh, no exact release date has been set yet, but, uh, there's some pretty cool tables on here. So, uh, you'll get the tables Han Solo, which is all about Han Solo, including the aluminum Falcon. (laughs) What the hell's an aluminum Falcon? (laughs) It looks pretty cool. That's the trailer we have on, on the, uh, on the press release right now on the website. Then there's, uh, uh, let's see here. The next one is droids. Based on, I think it wasn't that like a TV show or something. <laughs> the cartoon from the yeah, yeah. 80s or 90s or whatever that was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Droid. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I want 
forget droids. I want the droid factory playset that I never got uh, <laughs> for Star Wars. I always thought that was so awesome because it came with droid parts, essentially. So you could put your own together. I was like, you could put together your own figures. How freaking awesome is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never got it. Nice. Thanks, uh, mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Well, she got me the aluminum falcon, so I, I had that really until complain. the kids in the na- in the trailer park that we lived in for eight months uh, decided to steal all my Star Wars toys. <laughs> yeah, all of my Star Wars toys: my Slave One, my Death Star, my Millennium Falcon, my um, Snowspeeder, all stolen. My action figures, everything stolen. Lovely. Yeah. Another uh, another one for the trailer parks. Anyway, uh, so then the next one is uh, based on Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, which uh, is pretty exciting stuff. And then this last, I think this is the last one: Star Wars Pinball Masters of the Force. They say is a special tribute to the highest powers in the universe, both good and evil. So this is coming to pretty much every platform, including PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Xbox Live. Steam, iOS, Google Play, Amazon, OSX, and I believe the Engage. Sorry, OS ten. I always say OSX. Uh, you guys always bust me on that. So uh, yeah, Han Solo looks really cool. It, it, there's a lot of Chewbacca in it, which is kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, the aluminum Falcon. Uh, actually, I can't stop saying that now. Millennium Falcon flies in and out and all kinds of cool stuff. So we were going to do a live stream for that this week, but uh, something happened. So we didn't, we couldn't get a stable enough build, but we'll try to do something in the future. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So Ollie Ollie. Oxen free. Yes. That too is flipping. Huh? 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 Flipping. Aren't you clever? MJC flipping onto the PS3 and PS4 this summer. Nice. It I'm was, not a big fan uh, of the game. Yeah. I get it. I get that people love it. It's just not my type of game. It was a beta exclusive and is now coming to the PS3 and PS4. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, hey, you guys read the quote on, on the website. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. <laughs> oh no, you'll read it, son of a bitch. Oh no, I'm not gonna read that quote. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of quote. It's just it's cool news. It's it's a it's another game that's you know making its way to all three platforms. It'd be even more badass for people that own it if that becomes a cross buy. Which I kinda think will. It just seems to be so. part for the course. Um yeah. and then the one that I didn't link, but we also have another news item like this, and that's Hotline Miami two is coming to PS4 now as well, and it will be cross-buy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, this also, our, our little article here uh, mentions that the Vita version, there are some players that are the game is crashing on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developers are aware of it, and they are working on a patch feverishly. Feverishly, well, eh? I threw that in there. But <laughs> <laughs> I threw in the feverishly, but so you're I'm, setting I'm them up sure. for failure. That's what you're telling me. Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> get to work, boys. Yeah, get on that. 
And uh, this last news item, well, second to last news item, huge news. And uh, Josh got a lot of tweets about this one. So the Vita, <laughs> Vita firmware 3.10 came out a couple of days ago, uh, adding some pretty cool stuff. You know, you can do the voice messaging uh, between the Vita and the PS4 now, which you can also do with the PlayStation app. Uh, they added a new calendar application, which will actually sync up with your Google Calendar. Great for Josh. That's why he was getting all the tweets, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's not why he was getting the tweets. The reason he was getting the tweets is they increased the application limit to 500. They're listening to you, Josh. I have no opinion on this either way. Why? Just to be a dick. <laughs> I was going to say, are you just trying to be obstinate at this point? Yes. Because uh, I have 503 apps? <laughs> no. I don't think those are that's even available. I don't think you could actually do that. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. You want me to put all my... It's not a dare. It's not a dare. Da, 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 da. All my Vita games... If you get all the PlayStation Mobile games, if you get uh, all my PSP games and PS1 classics on there, I bet I could get over 500. Well, then you would just run out of, run out of space in your 32 gig card. Uh, I'll put a bunch of minis. They don't work. Minis. Damn it. <laughs> I left our minis. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure there are more than 500 things available for this right now. Not that I own more than 500 things. Oh, well, but that's the problem. Go back to the PSP like and PS1. 95% of the uh, PS Mobile stuff isn't really worth having. Yeah. Kind of one and of the then, 18 cal- calculator apps available. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, not like I ever would have known because of the 300 people that hit me on Twitter with it, <laughs> <laughs> including that, including bitch. there's people that are still hitting me with it. <laughs> and one of the last ones I, I wrote back, what, what's this now <laughs> with like a, a wink <laughs> <laughs> and then they wrote back with like a detailed explanation. They fully increased that. I was like, okay. <laughs> What's this applica- application update you could you speak of? Uh, and even funnier, PlayStation just tweeted like 13 minutes ago that Vita version 3.12 is coming out very soon uh, to improve system stability during use of some features. Uh, so what did they screw up? They found a bug somewhere. <laughs> What uh, what little hole got opened up for pirates and stuff that they didn't realize? Uh, apparently, there's some memory card issues. So that's really? what people are hoping that it fixes. Huh. Um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, wise assery doesn't always come across well on Twitter. No, I no. try though. <laughs> I learned a long time ago: sarcasm does not work on the internet. I I've, I've, I try, um, but yeah, it's. It's pretty awesome. It's very cool that they've done that. I'm happy. I'm very happy. Uh, there was something else on the Vita that I was looking for, though, and I can't remember what it is. That I think they still haven't done. HBO Go? There's got to be something for me to complain about. Oh, no, you know, I tried the uh, I tried the NHL app on there. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I heard it's actually better than the, the web one right now. It works really well, and it looks great on that screen. Oh, I bet. Uh, and what's really cool, like I, I hit the PlayStation button. I forget whether by accident or you know whatever I was doing because I went to look at something else and I went, oh crap! 
thinking it was going to screw everything up. Mm-hmm. I jumped back in and it had paused the video and no started it right up where I left off. It was awesome. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> really cool. Huh. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with what they're doing with the Vita. And I can't wait to see more. I mean, you know, they had to do this at this point because they did add another mandatory bubble to the screen, essentially, yeah, with yeah. that calendar app. Which So now it's up to, what, 10? 20, I think you said. You said 19 before. Yeah. Yeah. And this last... All right, well, let's hit this last one really quick because... I heard this a few days ago, and now it's hitting NeoGAF. Somebody spilled the beans. But I, I, I can't confirm this, and nobody else can confirm this, but I've heard it from multiple people, that uh, The Last of Us is going to be coming to the PS4, including the La- Left Behind DLC, probably sometime this summer, I would say after E3. I think they're going to reveal it at E3, if not before, and release it soon after E3. So no word on obviously it's up up converted that sort of thing, but I haven't seen any pictures. I haven't talked to anybody at Naughty Dog about it, but I've heard it from probably uh, four or five people so far. A lot of people chatter at E three or at GDC because they all go to the bar and get drunk. Mm. So that one I was hearing a lot. I am somewhat excited. For that. But do you think, really want to play through the game all the way through again? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's that type of game. I, I wanted to sit down and play through the PS3 version again because I I didn't really rush, but I did kind of rush a little bit because well, it sure. was for the review and I wanted to make sure that I got it done and it just kept going and going. I mean, it was like... With me, with me semi-rushing, it was like 17, 18, 19 hours, something like that. I can't remember how long it took me with me taking my time and really searching for stuff because I didn't, I didn't really search. There's, there's stuff to find, you know, and I didn't really search a whole lot for it. And I would love to take the time to just work my way through it slowly because it's such an amazing experience. You know, I, I want to do that again. I really do. So yeah, PS4. I, I'll, I'll wait for that and play it that way. Absolutely. Cool. Well, again, like I said, no confirmations. We usually don't talk rumors, but this one is gaining so much traction that I figured we should probably bring it up because we. What's going to happen is the show is going to come out like Thursday morning, and then Thursday afternoon somebody's going to confirm it, and we're going to look like idiots. Yeah. So I figured, why not talk about it now and bring it up. And I just hit my microphone with my fist, so. Well done. <laughs> fist bump. Fist bump. Internet fist bump. So, yeah. Um, it was funny. There, there's some other rumors that have been hitting a lot lately, and one of them I already know is true. And so we had this conversation going on NeoGAF today, and it's been a weird day, man. Just a really odd day. <clears throat> Everybody asked me about MLB stuff, and I couldn't play it yet. I'm like, I'll look at it when I get it. But <laughs> All right. Uh, well, what we're playing and watching, why don't you go ahead and get started, because I'll work GDC into mine. All right. Or do you want me to go first and just do all no, that crap right no. away? That's fine. Okay. Um, so, 
I, I think I was talking a couple weeks ago about, you know, reorganizing my PSP memory card. Yeah. And how it was going to take forever. It didn't take forever. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, because, well, at the time, a couple of weeks ago, I was actually working from home and I would start a download, you know, continue my work continue, and then I'd be like, oh crap, did that, fin- oh shit, it finished. And then I'd just start another one and go back to work and, you know, and before I knew it, I had it done in like two days huh. of just, you know, glancing over every once in a while or, or forgetting about it for an hour and being like, oh crap, and then starting <laughs> another one. And then I, I got it all done. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is like partway through one of the cards, I can't remember which card it was, but partway through one of them, I missed a game because it wasn't showing up somewhere in one of the lists or whatever it was. And I missed a game and I went like three games past it and I went, oh, oh no, because they were big games. They were over a gig. So I sat there for a minute and I thought, all right, now wait a second. There has to be some logic to this. Maybe if I, maybe it's just modified by date or something like that. So I put the card in and it is. Okay. (laughs) That's what determines how it sits uh, on the, on the XMB there. Uh, So I knew I counted how many and I went in, you know, I downloaded the one that I wanted I, I put the card in the card reader. I went in and I, I counted how many back. I looked at the time and I modified the uh, the modified date on that folder mm-hmm. because they're not named. You know that you know if you've looked, if anybody's ever looked at their their card and looked at the games on the card for the PSP, they're named with the Sony internal like ULUS. Yeah. Three six nine eight four two. You know, it's, it's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, I was able to figure out where it should go, and I modified the date on it, and I put the card back in, and it it worked. It was perfect. It's <laughs> nice. like, oh, this is beautiful. Well, how are you categorizing them? Is it like by alphabetical? So you're doing like That's... you have two cards. So you're going to like A to K on one, and then. Well, I started. I started with the biggest card. And went from Z up, you know, and when I got close to the end, not quite there, I, I made sure that I had like about a gig and a half, two gigs left mm-hmm. for game saves and for whatever else. If I find another game I might want, you know, and pop that on there. And then once I got there, I hit like uh Grand Theft Auto was the last, the last, the three Grand Theft Autos were the last ones on that first card. Okay. So it's Grand Theft Auto to whatever, Z. Uh, and the other card goes from A to Gran Turismo. Oh, okay. So that's where they, they cut off. The PS1 classics, I had two really big cards, whatever the biggest cards are for the, hang on. For PSP, I think 16 gig is the biggest you can go. No, 32. Can you go 32? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was thinking of the Go because you could only – you had – yeah, I even had that size wrong. That's right. Because <laughs> the Go had the internal um, one and I thought you had to like match it or something. But I think you can go bigger. That's right, yeah. yeah. The Go's got that funky internal one. Um, so the 32 gig card – actually, I'm putting it in right now to double check – for the PS1 classics, oh, I got every single one of them on there. 
<laughs> and it's a lot. It's it's a ton. For the 32 gig card, it I have 2.8 gigs left. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I love it because now I have all my PS1 classics all on one card. Yeah. Uh, very easy. You don't have to shut down the whole damn thing <laughs> and then switch out the card and then turn it. You just pop the card out, you know, hmm. at any time. I had forgotten how easy it was on the PSP. Yeah, it's a lot easier on the PSP than it was than it is on the Vita because they have all that <laughs> encryption stuff on it. Yep. So it's super simple. I can just swap cards out real easy. I've I've got all my games. See, when you get that many games, you, it just I need them to be organized, or I'll never find a freaking game. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll never find a game. Yeah. So just putting them in there and having them alphabetical is so much nicer. It's just great. <laughs> uh, so so because of that, I played some PSP. Whoa. Um, yeah. I, well, I got all excited. I mean, why not? It's good stuff. Uh, so I played Dragon's Lair on the PSP. Ugh. It's good. On the PSP, it's really good. Is that is that actually like a recreation of the game, or is that the side scroll? Yes. No, it's the it's okay. the it's the arcade game. Oh, okay. It looks and plays exactly like the arcade game. All right. Um, for some reason, I didn't expect it to look just like the arcade game. I expected it to look shoddy (laughs) for some reason, but it doesn't, it looks great. It looks Mm. absolutely great. So very cool. I played, I thought (laughs) I threw all those minis on there. All the ones that I had, all the not, actually I did throw every single one of them on there and thought, you know, if I play it and it's crap, I'll just delete it. But let me just put them all on there just in case. (laughs) Um, so I decided to play arrow racer because I kept hearing, Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And it's half brick. It's half brick. It's like a, yeah. Isn't, is that the top down one? Yeah. And I, I only did the tutorial (laughs) because that's all I had time for. Um, it's interesting. It's got an interesting mechanic where it's a, a little floaty. You know, and you have to... I have that game. Yeah, I'm sure you do. It was a plus thing at one point. Mm. Because just pretty much every mini, all but the uh, the Scary Girl one. Yeah. Scary Girl, Doctor Maybe in the Adventures of Scary Girl. I think that's the only mini that I actually bought. Besides, well, that and Pac-Man. Huh. They did the Pac-Man Championship Edition. Oh, that's right on there, but it's tough to control on the PSP, but all the rest of them, um, 95% sure are PS plus. Uh, that's why I had them. So it's, it's decent. Uh, that, that scary girl one. Yeah. That one's awesome. I talked about that back. Yeah. I remember you raving about that, uh, when it first came out. Yeah, because well the the PS3 one, the PSN version is gorgeous. It's and it's a fun game. It's a really cool platformer where they really they really take advantage of the PS3 hardware and the way that game looks and and the way things the way the stage itself moves around in se- like sort of faux 3D and then 2D and it's it's all over the place. It's really cool. The minis version 
is like badass because it's like a like a 16 bit side scrolling platformer. Yeah. And it's really freaking cool. Cool. So I that's one of my favorite minis ever. I love that thing. It's it's just badass. But the other game I was really playing was the Midway Arcade Treasures Extended Play. That only has like isn't that like only seven or eight games or something though? No. There's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> that one is packed. Okay. And it's got all the good Midway games. Spy Hunter, Sinistar, Defender, Paperboy, 720, Joust, Marble Madness, Tube and Rampage, Gauntlet, Wizard of War, uh, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3. The amount of it's, time I spent on Wizard of War <laughs> back in the day. I mean, this thing has everything. It's, it's a great freaking game. Um, so yeah, I, I was playing a bunch of those. I was playing joust and, uh, I was playing, you know, it's tough to play uh gauntlet single player. Uh, it's really not made to play single player, but I tried. Uh, <laughs> I always do. Um, see, that's the, the cool thing is that spy hunter, Sinistar, defender, Paperboy, seven twenty. Because they're single player games. Yeah. Uh, that's what they are. All the other games on here are multiplayer wireless hmm. on the PSP. So whoever has their PSP still, if you have this game, bring it to MGC. Because oh, <laughs> I want to do I want to do some uh I want to do some joust multiplayer and stuff like that. Because <laughs> That'd be freaking cool. Or Rampage. How cool would that be? Uh, that would be badass. Rampage, my PSP. God. The amount of time I spent on Rampage even. Oh, yeah. I mean, a few of those ga- Oh, okay. A lot of those games you mentioned. God, did I used to play that yeah. kind of those. Well, that's the thing. That's why I love that collection. It's got... There's there's just about not one single stinker in the entire bunch. I mean... Zybots, I'm not really a big fan of. Arch Rivals, I'm not really a big fan of. Yeah. Um, Cybots was interesting because you could play it split screen basically at the arcade. And there's actually a pretty good version of Zybots on the links too. Clax. Clax nah. was a big game. Nah, not for me. I know not for me either, but. Um, but pretty much everything else on here. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good collection. Yeah, so uh, there was that. I uh, played a little bit more Infamous Second Son. Nice. Because everybody raving, oh, I got it, I got it. I was like, oh, I want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> so I played a little bit. Um, I think I just cleaned up the last little bits of the city that I hadn't fully emptied out. Uh, I think I did that actually the night before it came out. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to make sure I got that done. Because I saw everybody like getting geared up for it, and I was like, you know what? Let me finish that so that all I have to do is go through uh, on good, and not worry about all that stuff. Right. You right. Know? So I did that. I got Fez. Nice uh, for the Vita because it's cross. How could I not? Yeah, it's cross bike for. And that price is ridiculous. Yeah. It was like seven, eight bucks, something like that. It's like eight and, bucks with plus, yeah. And PS3, PS4, and Vita. Yeah. So, holy crap. Yeah. 
so I played it only on the Vita because now I can play all these games on the Vita. (laughs) (laughs) Now I pulled my Vita out again. I've, I've gone mobile again. So I played it for a little bit. It's great. It looks great on there. I'm so excited just to be able to take it with me and and mess with it because it's such a mind-bendy game. I like it. Yeah. Uh, especially now, if anybody gets it and they start to play it early in the game, you're going to think you broke the game. You didn't. You'll see what happens. You'll understand it once it happens. But really, you I had forgotten. And this whole thing happened. I was like, wait, the, what? Oh, I, oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't freak out. Uh, <laughs> I played Flower finally on the Vita. Oh, nice. Finally. That was one of those ones that's back when I stopped downloading because I couldn't, you know? Well, you, I also kind of forgot that it was out for Vita because, you know, I played the, the PS4 version every now and then. And I just don't think about it being on Vita for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, it's good on the Vita. Yeah, it is. It really shows really that gyroscope. Good is uh you know so precise and so responsive yeah it's funny because i was playing it on the train uh on the way to work and i'm standing there and lou is in front of me and she's playing something on her phone and you know kind of out of the because i'm bent down looking at the screen i'm doing my thing and out of the corner of my eye like she's above me and she starts weaving around with her phone like all over the place. (laughs) And I look up and she's laughing at me and I'm like, leave me alone, man. (laughs) And I showed her what it was. She's like, Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. It's gorgeous on the Vita. It really, it really, yeah, yeah, it is fantastic. And it plays really well. So I'm really, really happy about that. I'm glad I finally get to play it. Yeah. Um, so that's all I played really. Um, but the other thing I've been doing on the train, like a madman, I've been reading, uh, the making of star Wars enhanced edition. Hmm. Uh, it's Kindle download. Um, and it is by J W Rinsler. Hmm. And he has done this for star Wars empire and Jedi. Um, what they are, Lucas basically brought him in and said, here, here's the archives go. Wow. (laughs) And he went through everything. I mean, they had notes and pictures and audio from everything. I think this is the project that, that, um, they found that, what was it? Like some old footage or God darn it. They unearthed something that they didn't even realize they had. And they There's just put a- it out not too long ago. On, um, oh, it was like the old, there was some footage that was shot for a, like a, it, uh, an editing software for, um, I can't think of which one it is. It's, it's one that's still out there today. But the old editing software used to run off of Laserdiscs. And the demo footage actually had footage they shot in Empire and I think in Jedi or something like that, and it had never been released before. It was only oh, on this yeah. disc. No, yeah, you talked about this. Yeah, and I th- th- I think that's what the project that drummed it up. I can't remember exactly, but it sounds familiar. Well, this thing, it, it is an incredibly 
thoroughly exhaustive <laughs> book about how it all came together and how it's amazing. I mean, many times Fox was Fox was like ready to pull the plug so many times they they didn't commit to it. They didn't even give him the money until uh I think it was December nineteen seventy five they yeah. finally committed the money. And the movie came out in May seventy seven. I mean, he had a year and a couple months to shoot the film, do everything. They were making this whole thing up as they went along as in terms of the special effects. Right. But they go he goes through all of it and, and there's pictures, there's audio clips, there's video clips. Uh I got to see the test clips for what they were calling the laser sword right oh, yeah. up through the final draft. You get to read the original draft that he wrote in 73 or 74, I think it was 73. I think he wrote it. Um, the original draft of it, then you get, uh, he basically wrote four major drafts of it. And that was it. Uh, the first draft looks sound, looks and sounds nothing like what came and I'm reading it and I'm like, how the fuck do you get from that (laughs) to that? (laughs) But you can see the progression. It takes several years and and only four drafts. But by the time he gets there, you can see it slowly starting to coalesce. And what really, really made the, the movie what it is, because I'm just getting to, like I'm in early 1976. Um, what really made it what it was, was that Fox slashed the fuck out of the budget. Yeah. And he was forced to make all these cuts and all these changes and he had this imperial city in the clouds and the, when it was all sketched out and the artwork was done for it and was drawn, it's cloud city Yeah, that eventually made it to empire as something completely different. But you can see all those little things. You can see where he had these ideas and you can see where they even came back in episodes one, two, and three, like all these ideas that he had. It's fascinating to to see these things and to, and and how it all how it almost fell apart. The casting process, which was insane, completely insane, yeah. and all the they basically saw every single person in Hollywood that was available. They had them come in for a screen to because I know everybody. Oh, Christopher Walken could have been Han Solo, and yeah. and Kurt which was Russell such could have been an awesome SNL skit. Uh, but that's the funny thing. Like when you see it, you see all the people that were there. Just about anybody could have been. Jodie Foster was real close to being Princess Leia, yeah. but she was still 17 at the time. Yeah. And because of the compressed schedule and the budget cuts, it would have been really difficult to have her on set for long periods of time. So she was out. Yeah. Same thing with Terry Nunn, who is the lead singer for Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> she was She was really in the running oh, that would have been to get terrible. it. It's, it's crazy. The people that were real close to getting, and, and at one point he said he was, he was going to rewrite it so that it was all little people. Yeah. And, and change the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy. His mind was all over the place with what he was going to do with it. So it's, it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever read because, you know, when, when we were kids, I would consume anything Star Wars. So 
not a lot of this information came out when we were kids, but everything that was available, I was reading. Right, and, right. There were a lot and, of rumors, too, you would hear, because there was no internet back then, so you would hear yeah, from like yeah. a person who saw it from somewhere else, who saw it from somewhere else, who read it in a in a note that they found in the bathroom of a restaurant in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, it's it's amazing, though, the the level of detail they go into and even with the ships, like seeing the early versions of the star destroyers and why they became what they became. Um, because the early ones look like, like battleships. I mean, they're, yeah. they're still in that triangle shape, but they took all the parts from battleships from models and put them on with the guns and all this other stuff. And it, it's very bubbly in a way and very, yeah. you know, it just looks weird. Um, but when the special effects guys looked at it, they're like, that's not going to work on our, on our green screen thing. Yeah. It's just, it has to, so it, that necessitated the shapes that it came up with, which made it look that much more badass, you know? So it's, it's just one of the most fascinating reads I've, I've come across in a while. Hmm. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and I know he did an, he did it for Empire and Jedi. And when I get there, I'll probably pick those up. But I'm just blown away. I, it kills me that it was early to mid seventy six, and he still hadn't nailed everything down. Yeah. Um, there were still changes to be made. From you know, you can see where he's saying, "Well, this is going to happen, and this, and we're going to do this." And I'm like, "Well, that's not in the movie. That's not going on." So where's it going to change? Because it has to at some point. Um, but the just get it if you're if you're a fan <laughs> of Star Wars, get it because you're you're going to be blown away by it. The the fact that they were that far along. Or, or that close to the release date, they were a year and a half away from the release date, and they hadn't filmed a single frame of the movie yet. Jeez. Is staggering that for all the special effects that were, I mean, they were making the cameras, they were making it was a whole new way of doing this that had never been done before. Yeah, uh, because whenever you saw, they made a big deal about this. Whenever you saw spaceships and things in movies it was a static lockdown camera it was a static shot yeah and and usually you know, the I, camera would be moving and not any type of stop motion animation or anything like that well what what i what i didn't process in my brain it's it's like a subconscious thing when you see that in a movie you immediately know okay models static yeah, you know yeah. like fake this is not whatever. And Star Wars changed that so much because they they locked the cameras down and then they or they locked the model down and then they put the camera on this on this crazy track and they had computers hooked up to it and they would program in the move that it would go past the the ship like this and then they'd put another ship in and it would go past and make the exact same moves. Yeah. Uh, that they were able to do that. Yeah, they were doing a lot of compositing shots back then. I mean, they were really yeah. revolutionary on it. I remember seeing it might have been on the laser disc that I have, like how many failures they would have with it, and I mean, yeah. it, was just, it was very early equipment. But you would—they actually had some samples on one of the laser discs that I have. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty I, I, cool stuff. I've seen a lot of that footage from. I mean, when when the movie came out, because that was the big thing about it. Nobody had ever seen space battles like that. That was unheard of. Yeah. 
uh, the way they did it. And that was a big deal. I mean, that was every star Wars special, you know, they had all the special effects guys and they were showing how they did it. And they were showing the models that they blew up and the way they did this and that. And it was just amazing to watch. Um, but the, the book, if, if you're a fan of star Wars at all, you have to read this because you can see those threads. You can see the stuff that he dumped that he came back to in episode one, even. Nice. Um, that he, you know, he went back through his notes or he still had that in his mind that, oh yeah, I wanted to do that. And, oh, well now I can do it. I'll just stick it in here. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's an amazing read. So I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Cool. You're not going to sucker it. me into reading another book. Oh, yes, Sam. Dick. Oh, yes, Sam. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't play a ton. I mean, we've only, I've only been home for like three or four days. Uh, did play a little bit of the cell damage HD that, that we have. We're going to have it at uh Midwest gaming classic to play along with tower fall ascension. Uh, it's fun. I, you know, I play in the single player, so I'm playing AI, uh, opponents, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of really good modes in there. So I think we're going to have a good time with it. Uh, played the battlefield Four naval strike DLC. So this is. The next DLC pack, if you have premium, you get it now. If you don't, you have to wait for two weeks to buy it. Uh, the maps are cool. It's it, you know an added little hover, uh, like you know little hovercraft, two person hovercrafts now. Uh, it, it, it's great content, but the problem is the rubber banding and the network problems are even worse now. So bad, in, in fact, that they're not even releasing the DLC on the Xbox One or on the PC because they're having tons of problems with it. And the funny thing is, they came out and said, like, I think six, seven, eight weeks ago, that they weren't going to do anything else except for working on the game to get it stable. Yet, they released the DLC. So, it, it's it's this big conflict of, you know, oh, we, we said we're going to do this, but now we're going to do this, but we're really going to do this, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, it's kind of this, you know, two-sided coin, like we've always talked about, where when it works, it's awesome. It's It's a great experience. But... The last couple of days that we've played it, it's been so bad that I was actually getting a headache from it today. It was rubber banding so bad. So I don't know. I, you know, it, it's funny. I also realized this morning that I never put up a review for Battlefield 4 on the, on the website. And I kept saying that, oh, I want to wait until these issues get taken care of. Well, it's been since November and it's still not fixed. So reviews going up hopefully maybe late next week. Because it's it's such a tough one to work on, though, because we do play it still pretty much every night. You know, I've got so many hours into that game, but at the same time, there's good nights and there's bad nights. And so far with this DLC, it's been nothing but bad in terms of uh, performance. I mean, there's a map on there where there's like this big island in the middle and there's these little rock islands all the way around with, with bases on it. And in the center, it's like this... Uh, like James Bond villains lair where it's like this big thing built into the mountain and there's a submarine up on uh, like supports and you can hit a thing to blow up the supports and the submarine comes crashing down and there's little waterways through it. So you can drive your boat through it and take people out and you can close those doors if you get to the right switch. And it's, it's very, very well done, but my God, don't just release the freaking content dice. Like make sure everything works. So and we all laugh today about the fact that they're not releasing it on the other two platforms. That's just ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, on the, on the same line of thinking, though, if they didn't release the DLC, then we'd be all pissed off that we paid fifty bucks for premium. And we're not getting anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, they've really put themselves in a bad situation, and in terms of bad situation for having essentially a season pass, this is one of the worst case scenarios for having a season pass because you've got all these releases scheduled already. But now nothing's really going right because the stupid network problems are still persisting. So, yeah, it's, it's a big mess right now, and it, it sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm actually almost convincing Stoffinator to play Killzone more than Battlefield just because of this. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I also want to bring up uh, Sony actually sent the Gold Wireless headset uh, for review. And I've been playing with them quite a bit. Uh, I am going to do a review for them after I get done with all this madness. Uh, my initial impressions are they're really good. They're they're uh, quite good. The sound is excellent. Uh, the build quality, I actually think, is a little bit better than the Pulse Elites. Uh, they don't have that active rumble feature like the Pulse Elites have, but uh, sound separation everything is pretty well done on it. Very easy to use. I did have one glitch, though, with it, <coughs> and I've had it like three or four times now, where if you have the USB dongle plugged into the PS4, and you need to sync a controller with the PS4 like it hasn't been synced to that system before. If you have the dongle plugged in, it will not let the controller sync to it. You have to unplug the dongle, then sync all the controllers, and then plug the dongle back in. That's weird. It's very weird, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I sent an email to the Sony people today to let them know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a known thing or not, but hmm. I thought that was kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, uh, microphone quality is phenomenal. Sound is really good. And... Uh, I think they're they're really good. I mean, if you can pay twenty or thirty bucks more for the elite, you know the Pulse Elite, I'd say go get the Pulse Elites. But for ninety nine bucks, these things are tough to beat. Really, um, obviously the the H Wireless and Steel Series are still the king of the hill, but they're also three hundred dollars. You know, yeah. Um, but these are nice. I, I like them. And they're and the cool thing is also they fold up. So the build quality is very solid on them, but, and the earpieces will actually fold in, and it becomes a very small package. So pretty impressive. Uh, finished Infamous Second Son. Hey. I lied on the video that I did, uh, the interview I did with Nate Fox. Where I said I was going to go through evil. I just couldn't do it, so I went through as good. Puss. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> do really want to play this again and go evil. I don't know if I'll get yeah. the chance, but... Uh, man, just enjoyed the shit out of the game all the way through. Really loved it. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're not going to spoil anything, but the uh, the stuff at the end, I mean, really kicks your butt in terms of your motivations, and all of a sudden you find out, oh, crap, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Well, I don't know, because I went through as evil. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea. What goes on? That's why I want to play through as good and see what happens. But I, I already know um, there are some choices close to the end um, that you can make. And depending on how you make those choices, things are going to play out differently as you get a little bit further into the game. Right. So it's they they didn't make it just simple black and white. You either get this set of stuff or you get this set of stuff. There's some shades of gray in there where, you know, depending on how you do this, you might see something different. Depending on how you do that, you might see something different. So, I mean, they made it for multiple playthroughs. If if 
you know where to look and you know what to do differently yeah. if you want to try things differently. And um, I, I do like that when you finish the game, it lets you go back in like the other ones and, and try to clean out everything and 100% of it. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I mean, even then, I think you might be able to 100% it by like if I – because I went through good. I think you can do enough that you can actually go evil. It would take a lot of work, I'm sure, but there might be a way that you can actually go through and do all that. I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to look at the trophies, and I really don't care. It would be really difficult because you're you're not going to have a ton of enemies to right. really fight, and it would take a long time to get yourself up. But you're not even going to be able. There's all the major story points that you go through, like basically every chapter. Right. Um, that's another trophy on good or another trophy on evil. So you do have to go through the story again, essentially to get all that. Yeah. Um, but it's worth a second playthrough. You know, I'm, I, I really do want to play through a second time or maybe a third time. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been through infamous two at this point. See, that's it's, what they should let you do. Uh, they should let you go through as good, bad or neutral. Yeah. Filthy neutrals. <laughs> No, I, 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 you know, I sat down and I really wanted to get through it. I didn't get home the day I wanted to get home. I ended up staying for another day because I went out drinking all day with my buddy. Uh, so I got home a day later than I was planning, and I still made it a point to sit down. And I did it. I did the entire game. I did in two sittings. So the second half I did in, in one solid sitting when I got home, and uh, it was funny. I I got done. And I'm like, man, that seemed like it went really went by really quick. And I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh. It was another eight hours. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Um, I really do think it's a it's a must have for the system. I uh, honestly, I mean, unless you don't like Infamous, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's very solid, and uh, yeah, it's it gets pretty tough at the end too. It's it's not easy, but man, mechanically, it's so much better than the first two. They really tweaked a lot of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, and then played some more Zim Pinball 2, and uh, last but not least, I got my modded Turbo Duo back. So uh, the Turbo Duo's had this uh, reputation for uh, the audio capacitors overloading and just crapping out, and you won't get any audio from your system. And that happened to mine, so uh, luckily I found somebody on the forums, on the PC Engine FX forums, sent it off to him, and he actually fixed the, all the audio for me, and then while he had it, actually did some mods for me. So you did a region mod, so I don't have to have an adapter to use uh, PC Engine cards anymore. I can just pop it in, hit this little switch, and it works. Also got audio out of the uh, of the system, direct audio jacks in the back of the port, and also an S-Video port. So I was screwing around, and I actually streamed some of it yesterday since we didn't do the Zen stream. And uh, that replay is up on our YouTube channel and also on our past broadcasts on Twitch. But... Had a lot of fun. I mean, it, was, it wasn't anything planned. I just kind of wanted to screw around, see how it looked and everything, and uh, use the Elgato for it, obviously, because they have the S-Video dongle and everything, and it came out great. So very excited. Definitely want to do, uh, like I said, when I get some time, definitely want to do some of the game school stuff that I've been talking about for months. But now that I seem to have more time on my hands for this kind of thing, I, I'm really hoping to get something put together. Uh, but, man, I was playing Street Fighter Two Champion Edition on there. And it's so slow comparatively, and God, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I couldn't pull the moves off. <clears throat> but it was a lot of fun. I love my Turbo Graphics. So happy. Uh, and then watched. I got all caught up in the last couple nights on all my stuff. So justified. There's only one episode left of Justified. 
Uh, it really ramped up in the second half, so I'm very happy with that. Uh, caught up on Archer. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, also justified, uh, anybody out there that watches the show, uh, I, I pulled a really big holy shit moment with the 21-foot rule. Anyone? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Archer is just continuing to be super awesome. Uh, and it's funny because they finally put season four up on Netflix. I don't know why they took so long, but they finally got that up there. So I've been kind of rewatching those two. And that's like the heart and soul of Ron Cadillac. You know, it's, it's all of his yeah. great stuff. And Ron Cadillac is such a great character. Um, and he's been great this season too. And yeah. then caught up on arrow. Holy crap. And the new one's we're, on tonight. Yeah, we're a bit behind in all that stuff. It uh, just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. So, catch up on that stuff, because I think Arrow is pretty close to being done for the season, too. Yeah, they're all close to being done. i got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, and that's about... Oh, also, one last thing. Uh, Rift Tracks released a new video on demand so this is when they actually can get the movie and put their voice track right on the movie yeah they just released one for the movie uh, super mario brothers <laughs> so i grabbed it i watched about 10 minutes of it uh where was i at i was at adam's house i think when i when he because he came and picked me up at the airport and uh holy crap it's pretty awesome so a lot of video game references actually obviously but well did did you see they're doing something on National Geographic Channel. Who is? The Rift Tracks guys? Yeah. What? It's Mike. Yeah, it's Mike um, and the other guys. <laughs> I can't remember who's who at this point. Uh, Bill Corbett and uh, it's and Kevin Murphy. Yeah, they are doing uh, something on the National Geographic Channel for some odd reason. Oh, shit. I think it's on April 1st. Yeah. Huh. I'll talk yeah. that up. Yeah. So, but th- it's going to be where they're they're taking some of those nature shows and they're gonna they're gonna MST them. Oh my god. Yeah, it's odd. Huh. <laughs> it's an odd choice, but yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. Thanks for letting me know. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk a little GDC. Uh, <laughs> my my Wednesday and Thursday were actually pretty busy, and I saw some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, so I'm going to go through really quick uh, a few of these, but I, d- I did have a, c- a couple that I really want to talk about. So uh, I started off my Wednesday morning pretty early, and uh, Epic Games actually invited me to something I wasn't even allowed to talk about that morning. And I don't know what I would have talked about because they didn't tell us anything. But basically it was uh, to, to show off Unreal Engine 4 and also show that they're actually doing a new pricing model. So now, like if you're an aspiring developer, this is pretty badass. Um, what they're doing is... They're setting it up so that you can pay $19 a month and you get access to everything for Unreal Engine 4, including the source code, uh, which, I mean, that's pretty amazing stuff. You also get on you know, all the forums, all the different support, everything else. If you end up releasing a game with it, uh, you, you still just pay the $19 a month for the development and everything. If you release a game with it, they get a 5% royalty, which isn't that bad, really, when you think about it. Uh, you can still negotiate like just using it without a royalty. If you just want to pay outright, they'll negotiate with you and all that. But it was kind of cool. They have this uh, this new editor called the Blueprint System. And this guy was actually setting some stuff up in real time. And they basically said that you can build a full game in this without knowing a lick of code. Hmm. 
which I mean, it, it actually got me a little excited, but I'm like, wait a second, that looks difficult. So, <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. You got time to make a game. Yeah, yeah, that's so much time on my hands. But it was it was pretty neat to to see, and I got to meet Tim Sweeney, and and that yeah, was pretty cool. That poor guy, he's obviously a coder and not really used to talking to anybody. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was cool. I, I didn't know what I was there for, so I was kind of surprised I was invited. But uh, it was neat. Oh, I forgot. What that reminded me for some reason. We have to talk about the fact that. Oculus Rift got bought by fucking Facebook. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. And they're saying that it's to foster communication, and he was talking about, like, uh, something about, like, if you went to the dentist's office or something. I didn't understand half the crap he was saying. I don't know. I, I don't understand strategically Two why billion. that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great for the Oculus Rift people because now they've got uh, the money faucet has just been turned on and they can do whatever they want with this stuff. Yeah. But what does that do for Facebook? I just don't understand why that how that's a good fit for them in any way. Well, the one thing that I see a lot of, though, is the people that donated to the, the Kickstarter that put in for the Kickstarter. You know, what does this do for them? Yeah. You know, the whole point of this was, you know, crowdsourcing it and everything else, and now, boom, they've got all this capital. I mean, are the, are the Kickstarter people going to be taken care of? You know, what's going on? It is funny, though. I mean, a lot of us were joking last week that, you know, Microsoft came out when Project Morpheus was, was announced. Microsoft comes out like an hour later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been working on VR for a while. Sure. And yeah. everybody there was like, oh, Microsoft's going to buy Oculus. I mean, that was the big word. <laughs> So I'm, I even said today, I'm like, $2 billion for for that for my Facebook. They're just trying to keep Microsoft away from it, <laughs> which makes it's no possible, sense but, but yeah, but why would they do that? Why yeah. would they care? It's just so weird. It's such a – it just came out of nowhere. It's like <laughs> – I mean if I had said that last week, yeah, watch Facebook buy them. Everybody would be like, what are you, what are you smoking? Are you insane? crazy person on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's, I oh. – I mean, I it was kind of funny. Mark and I were texting back and forth with that, and I said, man, I can't pl- wait to play Candy Crush in VR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I just... What did I you know. see? I mean, the... I've seen it floating around. The Simpsons... The Simpsons did a thing where they, they went to one of those trade shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marge was trying to get Bart to do yard work, and he wouldn't do it, and they went to one of those yes. trade shows, and he runs and does, like, the virtual... yeah. The virtual farm simulator or yard work or whatever it is. Well, that's what you do. You've got – what's that? Is it Farmville? Farmville. Okay. So, yeah. Make that with the Oculus Rift and – God. There you go. Simpsons have already predicted that. So, <laughs> I, well, I mean, don't get the, it. I mean, the thing you have to talk about though also is you know, this doesn't necessarily mean – that they want to use this for Facebook. No, no, and Facebook no, not is just at all. maybe branching out a little bit and stupidly trying to be Google now or something. But yeah. <laughs> and then I saw another. I don't remember where I saw it or heard it, but somebody said uh, uh, this news just in. Yahoo just bought uh, ViewMaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I I don't get it. And if somebody has some idea of why this is. A good thing for Facebook, I, I'd love to hear it because it's beyond me. Yeah, uh, and it was funny that you know we kept saying Microsoft will overpay for it too. 
two billion from Facebook seems like overpaying to me. Yeah. That seems like a crazy amount of money. Yeah. So pretty interesting. It's that's one of the I mean, we've all been talking about it this week and it still doesn't make any sense. Nobody has told me anything that I, I actually would say, huh, I guess, maybe yeah, I guess you're right. Nothing. I I haven't seen a, a thing on it that makes me uh, understand this. I know I'm not here to understand things, but <laughs> I try. So anyway, next up, I stop by Focus Home Interactive, and every time I have an appointment with these guys, something gets screwed up, and I never make it to my appointment. So I made it a point to actually go and see this this time. So I got to see, uh, well, three games that I can talk about, one I can't talk about, but I uh, got to see three games all coming to the PlayStation 4. Did you get to see Sherlock Holmes? I did. Nice. Is it good? It's really good. Uh, nice. It's, it, they're actually using Unreal Engine for it now. Cool. So it's not clunky anymore. Uh, it looked fantastic. Uh, a lot of dialogue again. Uh, it seemed like the gameplay was a lot smoother. Uh, yeah, it, it looked great. Uh, I was I was fairly impressed with it. Of course, when I asked when they were going to release it, I just got out, well, we can't really say. It's so. been years. That I mean, if anybody was paying attention, that's like the Duke Nukem of <laughs> Sherlock Holmes games at this point. Well, didn't you uh, say that you were looking through like some emails or emails. something? emails, yeah. Yeah. And and it's been at least two years. Wow. And they one of them, they said, you know, coming, uh, coming like, holiday 2012 or something like that <laughs> is when it was supposed to be coming out and i was like whoa whoa wait a minute what <laughs> you know what's funny is this th- that game's developed in the ukraine really yeah i never realized uh, that see that i i keep saying if i ever get the time that i should go back and do the write-up because i did the review for the first sherlock holmes game right on the podcast but i never got to write it up and if they ever give a release date, then maybe I'll write that up just to get people <laughs> geared up and remembering, oh, yeah, there was another game for this. And oh, yeah. Maybe interested in it. But uh, I don't know if that'll happen. <laughs> I, I liked it. I, it. It was a little rough, though, because uh, they had one of the developers talking to us, and she was from the Ukraine and didn't speak English very well. Mm. And she was really quiet. I tried to listen to um, – I won't be writing this up. Because I, I, I had my little audio recorder with me. And this is one of the only, like, three appointments I actually had on the show floor. And even in the room we had, it was so freaking loud and she was barely talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get enough info on the recording. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can remember some stuff. She took us through an entire, uh, an entire uh, uh, case. And it was pretty cool how the interface worked. And it looked a lot of fun. But she was trying to, like, kind of zip through it a little bit, too. So I'd rather get my hands on it and play it before I write anything up. So this is one of the ones I'm not going to be writing anything on. Um, another one I saw was, it's called Bound by Flame Dark Fantasy. So this mm-hmm. is an action RPG. Uh, you can actually get three main uh, skill trees, and you can kind of go through the skill trees. Uh, in, one, in one playthrough, you can actually fill about one and a half skill trees if you want to go everything for one of the characters. Looked great. Uh, it, it's made for next gen. You know, they obvi- I don't think they have a deal for PS4 and Xbox One yet, but that's what they're targeting. Looked pretty cool. You could like, you, you basically get like uh, uh, infused with this demon, and you can start using some of his fire powers and, and that kind of thing. So, action RPG. I mean, obviously, it's again not really my type of game, but I thought it was really cool looking. He played quite a bit of it. Uh, I'm gonna try to get that one written up. I haven't found out if the audio is all right for that one or not yet. Because that's how I was keeping notes. 
but uh, it was it was neat, and I, I think there's definitely a place for it, especially on PS4. I mean, there's really nothing like it on on PS4 right now. So uh, the one though that blew my mind uh, in terms of I didn't even really know what this was. <clears throat> so it's a game called Blue Estate. So Blue Estate is a comic book series over in France. The guy that did the comic book was there because he's also the creative director on the game. So this Hmm. is an on-rail shooter like Time Crisis, that Mm -hmm. kind of game. But you use the DualShock 4 and the motion in the DualShock 4 without the camera. And it's Hmm. awesome. So you just get a cursor on the screen. You're not using a light gun or anything else. It uses the gyroscope in the controller itself. And it's great. Like, I was kicking the crap out of the developer that was playing with me, because you can play in co-op. And I was kicking the crap out of him in score. Like, I was getting headshot after headshot after headshot. Which is amazing that you're just using the gyroscope and the DualShock. You're not pointing at the screen. You're not doing anything. You can just sit there and just move the controller around and go to, go to town. Uh, a lot of comedy in this. This is a lot of the writing that was in the comic book. This is kind of an extension of the comic. Very, very funny stuff. Beautiful visuals. Just stunningly beautiful visuals. But with that comic book style and that comic book color palette, uh, there's actually a story in it. I think he said it's going to take about six or eight hours to get through it, which hmm. is pretty big for an on-rail shooter. But really cool stuff. I think he said something like 250 enemies in the game, different types of enemy. Um, you can get like like these little slowdown moments where you can shoot a thing and it'll slow everything down so you can get better shots. Uh, you know, you have to reload. You can actually hide and cover, which is why I was saying time time crisis. Uh, seriously, surprised the hell out of me. Um, I'm hoping that we get some some coverage on this soon. Uh, this developer is kind of tough to get stuff from though until they're at the very end. But uh, I'm going to keep hounding these guys because I had a blast with it. I actually went back and played it later again because I was having so much fun with it. Uh, you play as three different main characters that you switch between every now and then uh, as the story uh, kind of progresses. Uh, but there's it's its own little world, and there was some really neat stuff. So I'll have a full write-up on this one. i got to get some assets for it and everything. But uh, very big surprise. This is one of the bigger surprises that I have for GDC. <clears throat> I was glad I got to see it because they really didn't even tell me anything about it when I got my, uh, when I got my actual appointment. He's just like, oh, check out. This game, and I'm like, what is it? Oh, you'll see when you get here. Like, dicks. <clears throat> uh, next up, I don't have the games in front of me. I have the audio for this as well, but remember the developer called Coatsync? Uh, they're out of the UK. They've got two games in, in uh, the works right now. One of them is kind of kind of in the style of like a point-and-click adventure, like one of the LucasArts games, but it's a girl that... She she basically it's an interactive dream with the girl and uh, she has this other character with her and like you're going through these nightmares basically and the puzzles are pretty interesting they showed me a few of the puzzles and it was it was pretty cool to watch uh, not a kitty game though it, it had some I mean really scary stuff in it and it's a, it's an odd one uh, the other one they showed me was a new platformer coming out I'm trying to remember what the hook was with that one and I can't think of it right offhand. I remember playing it, but it was a really, really early alpha, so I'm not even sure if I'll be talking too much about it. But uh, we'll definitely have some more stuff on that. Uh, I've got all their info. So I met with uh, Drinkbox for Guacamole, the new Guacamole, which they were calling originally Guacamole Gold, but now it's like Guacamole Super Fighting Edition or something like that, kind of like Street Fighter. So 
number one coming to next gen, so it's coming to PS4. Graphics are definitely better. There's actually uh, real-time shadows in it now, which is kind of cool. They were impressed that I caught that. I was the only one that ever caught that in the whole four, three days they were showing it. I feel kind of, you know, feel kind of good about that that I noticed it. There's a lot more content. It's basically all the DLC that was in the game before. They've also added some new content. And, uh, you know, that boss fight toward the end with Jaguar, yeah, they rebalanced that whole thing. So uh, they're trying to make that a little bit easier to get through because I kind of yelled at him uh, when, I, when I was reviewing the game. I'm like, this guy just cheats. He flat out cheats. <laughs> so they, they heard everybody's calls and, uh, they're, you know, they're fixing Jaguar a little bit. Uh, but, no, it was pretty neat. Uh, we played some of the new content. Very colorful, just deeper graphics. Uh, the backgrounds are a lot deeper now, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, if you like Guacamelee, this is definitely going to be one that's going to be worth it. I mean, obviously. But if you don't like, you know, jumping between the, the, the different dimensions and everything else, you're not going to like this new one either. I mean, it's the same type of game. Uh, and then I met with, I've, I've mentioned this before, but with Finish Line Games for Cell Damage HD, I'm seriously having fun with this. It's coming out. It sounds like it's coming out for PS4, PS3, and Vita, and it is going to be cross-buy, which is pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't have online multiplayer. I kind of tried to talk them into it, so we'll see what happens if they can patch it in later. But like I said, we'll have this one on PS4 at MGC to play if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, we'll play that with some Towerfall Ascension, get some four-player split-screen action going. I uh, really enjoyed it, seriously. I have just had an absolute blast with it. So uh, Next up, this one is not announced for PS or any consoles right now, but they want to try to bring it to consoles. And I believe it's available on Steam right now or it's going to be available soon. And it's called Monochroma. So what you're going to think right away is it looks a lot like Limbo. Very black and white graphics. Uh, This one's a little bit different though. Number one, it's got a lot more depth in the visuals, a lot more depth in the backgrounds. But it's primarily black and white, but it actually uses color in certain circumstances to kind of bring things forward. Uh, so the gameplay that I that I went through, uh, it was about a half an hour gameplay, and there's no speech, there's nothing like that. It's a, it's kind of one of those emotionally, it evokes some emotions, you know, some attachment to the characters, and uh, it's it's a lot of puzzles though. It's a puzzle platformer, kind of like Limbo and everything else. But I thought that this one was a, a little bit more approachable than Limbo. Uh, I don't know why, but I just I, I just enjoyed this more than Limbo. Uh, so basically, your brother gets hurt, you have to carry him, but you also have to put him down to get some of the puzzles done, and it gets pretty crazy. Like, I put my brother down, you can put him down when there's light, like uh, shafts of light coming through windows, that kind of thing. And <laughs> I put him down in this shaft of light, and I kind of went up to this thing, and there was like a coal cart or a mine cart, and I'm like, oh, I have to push this down so we can climb on it. Well... I didn't do something before it, and I ended up killing my brother because <laughs> I rolled it right into him. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love um. the music in this game. It's, it's one of those games where uh, the music kind of lingers in the background, but of, it kind of evolves as you, as you go through the game and, and reacts to things that are happening. Uh, I was really impressed with this one. This one uh, was down at the Google Play – or not Google – the GDC Play area, which is kind of like the indie mega booth that packs but nicer, a lot bigger – uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it, and and it's one that I think they're going to send me a Steam code so I can check the game out before uh, before anything else happens. But they are planning on bringing this to console. They just have to get the deals done, obviously. Uh, next up, our friends at Midnight City. Uh, J- Josh actually knows one of these guys, uh, but 
they they're publishing a lot of smaller games. <clears throat> there was one there that was coming to PlayStation, which I think is already on Xbox or coming to Xbox very soon. Uh, but this is coming to PS3 called uh, I think Blood of the Werewolf. So they kind of uh, describe it as kind of an older school style like Castlevania. I think I brought this one up last week too, but kind of like a Castlevania like older platformer with really high difficulty. And the whole thing is like you're a werewolf, you're a mom, you're a werewolf, and like your daughter gets kidnapped and you're trying to like save her from whoever kidnapped her. You can change into a werewolf at any time, so there's that mechanic. Uh, so you're running around. There's a lot of puzzles, a lot of things to dodge. You have a kind of a crossbow that you can shoot at people, that sort of thing. But I'll be honest, this is probably one of the ones at GDC I like the least. Uh, it just seemed kind of dated. Uh, the hit detection was really weird. The platforming is really weird. It just didn't feel right. So I don't know if I was playing a final build on 360 or not. I mean, obviously I was using the 360 controller too, so it burned a little bit, but... <laughs> kidding mm. um no it just didn't they have like this uh time attack mode too and i played that but it just it seemed it, it seemed too clunky to be one of those games like a super meat boy or you know they're trying to be difficult i mean when you have something like that you need really precise controls and this did not feel precise uh the game cheated a little bit it just i don't know i I, i'm hoping maybe it gets better i think it's a an interesting idea for a game but i was kind of uninterested honestly i like i said i hope it gets better because i was expecting better honestly uh and then the last one actually i I came across a shmup i gotta find the business card i came across a shmup and i don't remember the name that's why i need to find the card i just happened upon it and it's a old school uh horizontal shmup but you can actually capture a ship and become that ship. So that's kind of the hook Ooh. for this one is that you can become any ship that you can see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I think they're on Steam right now. I don't know what their plans were. I just talked to her briefly because I was there for my monochroma uh, appointment. So I had like two minutes. So I got her business card. I'm going to email her and try to get some more info. And, and it was neat. I, I, I'd actually – hopefully it's on Steam so I can grab it really quick and, and check it out. But it seemed really cool. Graphics look kind of cool. It, it looked – it probably looked a little bit more like a little bit above 16-bit graphics. Uh, very colorful, but very old school at the same time. Uh, so I was, I was interested in that one. So I definitely want to check that one out. Uh, but the last appointment I had was with this game. I think the the developers are in Norway. There seem to be a lot of developers in Norway, by the way. I don't know why. Maybe because they're all too cold and they don't want to leave the buildings. So they just decide to make a game so they can stay inside. I don't know. Uh, but this game was called Shiftlings. So, number one, awesome graphics. Uh, they're building this on Unity. One of the best Unity games I've, I've seen so far. Uh, it's, it's a game that, it's kind of like Brothers, where, but you don't have to control both characters. It, there's two characters, they're tethered by an air hose. And the air, you can actually pass the air from one suit to the other, so one of them's always big, and the other one's normal-sized. And you can shift it back and forth. But what you don't know is that you're actually unwillingly on a live game show that they don't know that they're in. So it's kind of like... Until you just told us. No, no, no. Spoilers. I'm talking about the characters in the game. Spoilers. Yeah. I, I think it's right <laughs> in the description of the website. <laughs> so, But the, the characters don't know that they're in this game show. And there's this whole element of... So it's, it's like you're watching a broadcast of this. Kind of like Smash TV, but not as violent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the TV host will pop up and say stuff, you know, say some witty stuff. 
there's different planets and every one of the planets has a very different and unique uh, visual style. Like you see spaceships in the background and everything. Uh, they actually are trying to do some stuff right now with like some kind of geek references in it, which if they get them in there are going to be really cool to have. But uh, I didn't get to play it because they had so many people crowded around the freaking booth. It was it was probably one of the hottest games in that GDC Play booth, and for good reason. I mean, it it, it seriously, the visuals look like a AAA game. Very colorful, a lot going on, very clean, and uh, I, I you know apparently the controls are spot on. I talked to somebody that played the game, getting really really good uh, word of mouth from people that I had talked to before that before I went and saw the game. So. Definitely going to try to do some more with this one, trying to get a hold of it so that we can do a preview for it. Uh, the team was ultra awesome to talk to, and, and we definitely want to do some stuff. But look that one up. It's called Shiftlings. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a really winner. I, I don't think they have – they hadn't made the decision if they're going to have online co-op yet or not. I, I kind of begged her. I'm like, listen, for people like me, online co-op is essential. So uh, the, the problem is you. I found out – Kind of the the same feelings for up uh, from a lot of these indie developers when you would talk about if the game's going to have any online or not, and that is the fact that if the team is too small, they just don't have the resources to put the online stuff in because that's a whole nother you know whole nother subsection of development and unless they know somebody or unless they have a network guy or girl uh, on the team, it's just almost impossible to do that. So I understand, like, and I even said that in the Tower Fall Ascension review. I understand, but I'm still going to ask you about it all the time. So, yeah. but it was it was one of the more impressive games I saw at GDC. Honestly, I, I just thought it was really really well done. So, like I said, there was some other stuff. I'll probably pepper those in here and there. Get some write ups on the website, uh, like that shmup. But uh, those were kind of the highlights. It was a really good show. I'm glad I went. I'm very glad I went because I got to see Batman, which I'll be talking about after the break. Um, yeah, but met a lot of great people, man. It's it sounded like Unity is really uh, not just Unity. There's also one called Game Dev. It's a platform, and some other stuff that it seems like a lot of these are really helping the developers out. And I think that's why Epic made that change to the subscription model because Unity and a couple of the, these other ones are just crushing them. Because all they had was a uh, before that you had to pay a lot of money to use Unreal Engine, so to go to the subscription service and with that small royalty, they're trying to compete with these other platforms out there. Now everybody's wondering when Microsoft's going to buy Unity. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's it for GDC. Then I'm going to talk about yay, that. yay. All right, we ready for the break? Sure. All right. We'll take a break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit of MGC. Uh, my preview of Batman Arkham Knight. That's why you're um, waiting until 3 in the morning for this on Thursday morning. And uh, hopefully some emails. And we'll, uh, we'll get the heck out of here. We'll be right back.
right. Well, before I get to the Batman, uh, let's talk a little bit about MGC. So we're only three weeks away. Holy crap. Uh, so I'm trying to get all of the info that we need for the Brewer game. Uh, basically, like how we're going to get our tickets. You know, I'm trying to get a list of all the people so we can make sure everybody's on the bus, that sort of thing. Uh, but right now the plans are that the bus will be loading up at 4.30 on that Friday at the Sheraton. So we're going to try to get everybody kind of together at, you know, between 4 and 4.30. I would say don't be late. Maybe be there by 4.15 at the latest so we can make sure everybody's on the bus, everybody's got their stuff, and we can head over. The ride over should not be that bad. Uh, where we're actually at... Uh, comparatively, the traffic shouldn't be all that bad until we get to the zoo interchange, which is just one little thing. Uh, we're getting to the game early enough that we shouldn't deal with too much traffic. Plus, buses kind of get routed off to another spot anyway. So, uh, if you have a jacket, bring a jacket. It's going to be kind of cold, probably, because we're in Wisconsin in April. <clears throat> but know that uh, Miller Park has a roof. It actually has a retractable roof, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be closed that day. So, uh, just bring a jacket if you have one, just to be safe. Like I said, there's no beer or anything on the bus, but when you get to the game, you know, do whatever you want. It's a very short ride comparatively. I mean, obviously, if we were driving the bus from where I live, we would have definitely gotten a bus that we could drink on because that's a three-and-a-half-hour drive. So so hopefully I'll have more details next week, but right now the plan is meet in the lobby at the Sheraton at 4.15 at the latest. We'll get that bus loaded up, and we'll get over to Miller Park, and we'll have a good time at the game. Uh, we've got some pretty fun stuff uh, happening then, and, and I think it's going to be awesome. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, Retroids has the room downstairs again. <laughs> I haven't seen all the details yet, but we, uh, Josh and I, will be recording at 3 o'clock on Saturday. If you're around, stop by. We want to get you on the podcast with us. Uh, you can sit down and talk to us for a few minutes. We usually rotate everybody in you know, pretty quickly, just in and out, because we have so many people there. But uh, we'll definitely get to as many people as we can. And you know, we, I think we have only have an allotment of like one or two hours, which <laughs> for one of our podcasts, that's like getting through the intro. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, you know, stop down, hang out with us. Uh, don't be shy. This is why uh, we always try to get a rated MGC so we can hang out and have a few or whatever. Uh, and our writer Dave is coming, which is pretty sweet too. So uh, he got a hold of a ticket from somebody that wasn't able to actually make it to the Brewer game the last minute. Uh, so Dave, our writer, is going to be going to the Brewer game with us, and he's going to be there all weekend. So we get to meet Dave. He's from Detroit, so we're going to have to pat him down every time, make sure he doesn't have a gun on him. Mm. Yeah. You know, those people from Detroit. <laughs> we Poor Dave. We break his balls every day on Battlefield. <laughs> and he's like 6'5". He's just going to show up and like, you know, Hulk smash. Just mm. pop us all. So... Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I can't wait, and you know, I'm, I'm glad Josh came up with this idea for the Brewer game. I, it didn't even really cross my mind uh, because MGC's later this year. So, very cool. Yay. Yay! Three Yay. weeks, dude. Three weeks. And you're in on Thursday, aren't you? So we're going to have... Uh, supposed to be. Yeah. So we'll have some quality time with Josh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time, ever since I got to sit down and see this. Uh, and we have an interview first with uh, Dax from Rock, Rocksteady. Uh, I was actually able to sit down and talk to Dax for 14 freaking minutes about this game. Uh, Batman Arkham City, the uh, the third game in the Arkham trilogy from Rocksteady. This is definitely the finale from these guys. Uh, only coming to next gen, so only coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. 
And uh, we'll start off with the interview with Dax, and we'll come right back. I just saw one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. I'm sitting here with uh, Dax from Rocksteady, and you guys just showed us a lot of the new Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so... First off, what we saw is this is only coming to next gen, correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, you're not you don't have to hold back for the old old mm-hmm. generation or anything like mm-hmm. that. But um, let's just get right into it. Batmobile, <laughs> jump in. So what I was saying to uh, to him before was, I I didn't know what to think. I didn't know if it was going to be just like, oh, you can use the Batmobile to go from here to here, and right. you know, even if it was on rails or anything. No, it's like go through all the the whole city. Yeah, that was that was what we knew we had to deliver on. You know, the the idea of driving the Batmobile is such a powerful idea. Yeah. If it was just kind of like a bolt-on driving mode, I think people would have just killed us for that. Man. So we knew we had to deliver. If we're going to put the Batmobile in, it needs to be like the epicenter of the gameplay experience and integrated into everything the Batman does. So that's what we've done. <laughs> so how much did you guys obsess about the design? Because it's an all-new design, but yeah. it really is kind of reminiscent of what we've seen in the past. It's almost like this kind of combination of even i think a little bit of the old 60s one with the the wings on the back a little bit but obviously the 89 one because you see some of that that sleekness but also even with the with the new trilogy with like that battle armor on it mm. the inspiration for our design of the batmobile um kind of came from two things number one was the arkham asylum batmobile that we designed it wasn't drivable in true, the first game but the pipes along the side and the fins at the back, you know, we, we yeah. wanted there to, f- to feel like there's an evolutionary connection between the first game and the last game, and the Batmobile delivers on that, but also the functionality that it offers, you know, the, the, the position of the cockpit, for example, is right up the front, kind of like a fighter jet, whereas yeah. the Arkham Asylum Batmobile, it was at the back, kind of like a, like a dragster. So Batman has kind of developed the design based on his needs and the challenges he's going to face. Because when you eject out of the Batmobile, oh you want to go God. straight into action. Yeah. So you don't want to be covering the length of the bonnet. You just want to be there. So <laughs> that, that was the sort of main points of interest and inspiration. <laughs> and even uh, I mean, that's something that will come up, obviously, a little bit later. But the lighting in the game, I mean, on the back of the Batmobile, you've almost got these scales. Yeah. And just yeah. to see all the light reflecting off of it differently like it should, I yeah. mean, that just shows you right away that it's all real lighting and it's not you know, pre-rendered or whatever else. Um, go into a little bit about just the overhaul in the graphics. Obviously, you know we got the, we saw all these rain effects and all the lighting and, and all the destruction. Yeah. Um, you know how how much is there going to be? I mean, you're probably not going to be able to take down buildings, obviously, but is pretty much everything else destructible? Well, we wanted the Batmobile to feel like a wrecking ball. You know, that's that's what you imagine in your mind when you're driving the Batmobile through a city. There's nothing that's going to stop it. There's nothing that's going to prevent you from getting where you want to get to. So right. the city itself has been designed to be... Uh, subject to the destruction that the Batmobile brings. So we've really designed the Batmobile and the city hand in hand so that the power fantasy of driving this car in this legendary city just comes to life. It's we Again, we, we knew we had to do that. We couldn't yeah. go cheap on this. We had to invest. And that's why we've committed to next gen because it's really only next gen technology and hardware and horsepower that can deliver that experience. Yeah. And and I got to say good on you for how you handle, you know, the GPS aspect of things where a lot of times you see it on on the street and you kind of lose it with all the stuff going on and mm. you guys kind of put it vertically and I think it just looked a lot easier to follow. I mean, obviously 
some people don't want to do that. They want to go roaming around, and you right. did that in the demo. Yep. But it, 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 it's really cool to be able to try to figure out where you need to go all the time, even if you want to take a stop every now and then. You know, maybe yeah. fill up on gas or <laughs> blow well, up a gas station. Yeah, and it fits within the fantasy and the, the authenticity of Batman's world that he is going to have technology and gadgetry yeah. that is going to support his navigation and tell him where he needs to be. That's what the Batcomputer does, and it's on board the Batmobile just as much as it exists within the Batcave. Yeah. So it's not like it's this artificial aid that we're overlaying on the game. It totally fits within the theme and the narrative of, of the game world. That's just the brilliant thing about Batman, that if you ever need to make sure players know where they're going and give them confidence that they're heading in the right direction, he's got the gadgetry to make that, uh, to do that in a very authentic way. And one thing that I also brought up, uh, or that, that's popped in my head right away, and I hate to make a comparison, but the traversal, uh, not using the Batmobile, but being able to do the glides and, and even like grapple onto something and pull yourself, very Just Cause 2. <laughs> and obviously with such a big map, you said it was about 20, 20 times si- uh, the, the area that Arkham Asylum was. I mean, yeah, you've got this yeah. huge city now. Uh, that's one thing that really popped out to me is, oh my God, you can actually get through the city pretty well. Uh, I guess the question, though, is... Uh, based on Arkham City, one of the things that I had a problem with, just because I like to get through a story of a game, is uh, I was getting distracted a lot right. in Arkham City, like with the phone calls and all that stuff. Is that still going to be something there, or have you kind of pulled that back a little bit? We wanted to create a game world that has multiple narrative threads all running at the okay. same time. So um, the way that Arkham City was structured was you had a very clear core narrative path and then side missions coming off right. that. The way that Scarecrow has unified all of the, lo- the rogues gallery and, and supervillains within Arkham Knight is, you know, they've all got their own agendas and their own, their own um, kind of beefs with Batman, and they all coexist at the same time. So you really just get to choose how you want to play it and who you want to encounter and how you want to take those guys down. So there isn't that kind of very clear divide between story and side okay. mission. It's much more like this city is alive, you exist within the city, pick and choose how you want to get through it. So the story is a, a much more organic experience, I think. Nice. And you also showed us uh, one of the Riddler sections yeah. where he sets up like these... Well, you describe it because you, you had such a, an eloquent description <laughs> of, of what he has set up. Well, the Riddler is about intellectual challenge you know he knows that he's not stronger than batman so he never tries to step to batman in a physical way he's about intellectually beating batman and that's what he was in the in arkham asylum and arkham city and so he's all about um trying to push the batmobile to its absolute limit in uh batman arkham knight because he knows that that's a vulnerability for Batman. Batman is totally connected to this machine. If he can break the machine, he can break the man. Yeah. So the Riddler caves that we have built out are kind of like intellectual racetracks. So you're driving at intense speed with immense precision, but you've also got control over the traps that Riddler has placed for you. So you're interacting with and sort of changing the form and the shape of the, bat, of, of the, the track as you're going. And that, I think, is a, just a totally unique take on driving around a racetrack. <laughs> Plus, you know, it's crazy. You get to drive on a wall and over like I this know. arcing ceiling, I and know. it was crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then you talked about like three main points. So bring those up, and because uh, I have a fourth that you forgot to mention. Okay. <laughs> so um, the number one for us is the Batmobile. You know, that is the heart yeah. and soul of the game design. It sits right at the center of everything that we have developed and designed because we knew we couldn't 
do it any other way. It had to be right at the epicenter. Um, and then the second piece of the, the equation is Gotham City itself, this yeah. kind of next-gen realisation of the entirety of Gotham City. It's massive. It's highly detailed. So scale and detail is something that usually you've got to pick one or the other. You can't have massive scale and massive detail at the same time. But with next-gen, we can. This is yeah. what we're delivering on. So that destruction, it looks beautiful. It looks genuine. The visual aesthetic of this game, I think, is just beautiful. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I sat here and all of a sudden I just started getting chills. When you got up on that top vantage point. Gorgeous. And just looking at everything and, and how much – like you didn't see, like we saw in last gen, where if you would – if you were really high up and you would come down, the detail would pop in. Right. That didn't happen here. Mm. I mean, it was always there. It always scaled really really smoothly and it just yeah. always looked good. It never lost that, that uh, definition that you'd like to see. Yeah. And then the third thing for us is this epic conclusion. You know, we're bringing this trilogy to a close with, with Arkham Knight. And it's easily the biggest game we've ever made, but also the most emotional game we've ever yeah. written. So the the kind of epic nature of the conclusion really feeds into the characters that Batman goes up against, the return of Scarecrow, really analysing Gotham City in this sort of post-Joker reality. It's a really crazy trip for us. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the narrative paths that we sort of follow in this game are just so emotional, and they've got kind of got that twisted psychology as well. It's just... Um, I think gamers are really just going to, you know, love immersing themselves in this city. But all of those kind of exist within this objective we've had right from the beginning of the design of Arkham Asylum, which is to create games and now a trilogy of games that yeah. make players feel like Batman. So Be the Batman sums it up for us. You know what you forgot, though? What's that? Kevin freaking Connor. Oh, my back. God, I know. Come on. Because <laughs> it, you guys messed with me a little bit because at first we hear this voiceover. And I'm like, right. well, that doesn't, who's, what? what? And then I figured out it was Jim... Jim Gordon's voice, right. and then all of a sudden Conroy comes back out of Batman's yep. mouth. Yep, and and ah! he's just awesome, right? I mean, yeah. we we slave away on the script for years and years and years. We give it to him, and he just brings it to life. He's just <laughs> such a pleasure to work with. It it was great to hear. I was really, I was actually kind of worried about that. So, right. uh, and then let's get into Oracle a little bit because, as you mentioned, you know, in the first two games, she was just kind of a voice in his head. Yeah. Uh, this time around, she seems to be definitely more of an inter- integral part of the story and and of. Like helping Batman out in, mm. in very very uh, very big ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so get into that a little bit and and kind of what's going on with with Barbara at least as far as we know right now. Yeah. Well, the the role that she's always had is sort of been technical support, but right. we like I said want to um, really explore the emotional connection that Batman has with his allies and the the relationship between Barbara Gordon and, and her dad Jim Gordon is really complex because there's a lot of dishonesty from her because she works uh, directly for Batman and has to lie to her father as a result, you know, to make that work. So we really wanted to explore what does it mean when Batman declares war on crime but he needs the help of other people? What's the cost that's exacted against those other people? Yeah. And so as the people that he loves and cares for are drawn into the crossfire of his war – that's going to get difficult. That's going to get complex. That's going to get emotional. So exploring the emotion involved in his relationship with Oracle, his relationship with Jim Gordon, and then the relationship between Jim Gordon and Oracle, the, the, the kind of three-way um, tension that exists there is just fascinating for us. So you know that, that emotional aspect is a big part of the game plan narrative experience. And that was always a great thing in the, in the comics with Oracle. I mean, yeah. it, Batman always felt really guilty because he never really asked her to be a part of, of his world, but yeah. it was her choice, and, and when, when you know, her spine gets severed and everything yeah. else, he's kind of dealing with that. And, and, you know, the, so I've always really liked the character of Oracle mm-hmm. in, in the stories. I'm glad you guys are doing what you are. Uh, so two more things. Okay. And I don't even know if you can answer them or not. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, we're in Gotham City. 
is Arkham still a, accessible at all? Arkham City was pretty badly flattened by uh, Protocol 10, so it's kind of a no-go zone within, oh, okay. within Gotham. I kind of figured something like yeah, that. Yeah, this is only 12 months after the events of Arkham City, so sure. it's, uh, sure. you know, okay. it's off limits. Uh, and then this little tiny tidbit of a reveal at the very end here, uh, which uh, I guess, can I describe and am I allowed to bring it up? Okay, sure. well, I just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, so, at the very end, Batman walks out of, of what he does, and all of a sudden, he a couple of shots are fired at him. He turns around and uh, a masked, uh, I guess, another vigilante of, of sorts stomps down on him and uh, aims a gun at his head and we hear a gunshot in darkness. Yeah. Who is this character? This character is the Arkham Knight. Uh, there's a lot that we are not talking about right now, but I, what I can say is, as you would guess from his name, his name is the name of the game. Yeah. He's a brand new character that we have designed at Rocksteady in collaboration with DC. <sighs> And that, at first I said, what? <laughs> you completely lost it at that point. Um, and that's an amazing kind of honor to be able to create a character and introduce a character of our own design into Batman's world. That on top of the fact that we get to design a Batmobile as well. So this game has just yeah. been such an amazing treat for the team. i, I got to say, game. I love your design of the Batmobile. I think it's, it's, it's really cool because it, it – like I said, it just seems like this mesh of all these other Batmobiles, but it just looks so sleek and so awesome. Yeah. And it is. It's a battering ram. You're just blowing through everything. Yeah. So. And the fact so... you can eject out of it I and know, go right into right? a glide. And... <laughs> yeah, and we look at it all day long. You know, you spend so much of the game driving the Batmobile, and you're looking at its rear end, and I just never get sick of it. I just think it's such a beautiful piece of design. It's cool. And, and the great thing is, like I said, even with the with the grapple and, and, and glide and everything, the traversal just seems so much smoother and so much quicker now, yeah. which is one of the nice things is that you're going to be able to stay in the action a little bit more. And and to me, I think that's a huge uh, success on, on your guys' part. Mm. So. Oh, thanks a lot. And, uh, you know, just being able to use the Batmobile, but then just leave it anytime you want, knowing that with a single oh, button man. press, you can just bring it back to you. Kind of, it's, it's always <sighs> tracking your location. It's so it's, so cool. it's never too far away. It's always just around the corner. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so... You know, I can't wait to see more on the game, and I can't wait to play it. Um, <laughs> of course, I'll wait until you're out of the room, maybe sneak back in, because I'm like a ninja. Uh, but thanks for your time today, and uh, I can't wait to play this game. Uh, believe the hype, folks. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks much. Cheers. All right. Well, I oversold it a little bit at the beginning of the uh, interview. I fully, fully accept that, but I was... I seriously had goosebumps watching this uh, this demo. We we got to see a good, I think it was like fifty five minutes of the game being played. Uh, they were playing it on PC, but they said that the, that what we were seeing is very representative of what we're going to see on PS4, which was pretty damned impressive even at this early stage. So uh, this is twelve months after Batman: Arkham City, and uh, basically crime has actually started decreasing a little bit. Uh, you know, Law and Order is actually kind of coming to Gotham. It, it's making he's made a change. You know, the Batman has actually been effective along with law enforcement. Uh, but there's this feeling in the in the background that something's happening. And what happens is, uh, oh, by the way, there's going to be some spoilers in here. I just can't help it. What happens is the Riddler is there with this question mark gun. Actually, the Riddler is in this demo that we saw. <laughs> Were you? Li- oh, you don't listen to Education? No, I don't listen to that one. Uh, the last one, they 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 went through a thing, and they were I don't know how they got onto it, but uh, they said uh, 
if you, you know, you, you have a city like it's LA, you get to pick one Batman villain and that's your villain for all time. Who's it going to be? And then, you know, you've got New York. So (laughs) which one are you going to pick? And Andy picked um, the Riddler because he's like, that'll be fun, you know, because he'll just (laughs) ask questions and stuff and it's no big deal. And, you know, it'll be like a brain teaser. And he's like, the Riddler, what's wrong with you, man? He's like, he's fucking crazy. Then he pulls out his question mark gun and shoots you. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) He's like, well, who would you pick? He's like, Catwoman. Yeah. So they got into this whole thing, and all the entire episode was this McElfresh guy. What, what, why do we have the Riddler? Whose fault is that? It's McElfresh. <laughs> Let's kick his ass. <laughs> it was constant through the whole episode. It was really funny. Nice. So every time I think about that, every time I hear Batman and the villains, that's all I'm thinking about now. Nice. It's the Riddler and his question mark gun. <laughs> question mark gun. Does it fire, uh, like, commas at you and stuff? Uh, probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it starts off, and the Scarecrow has actually... Well, basically, the Scarecrow is the one that's kind of uh, bringing all the supervillains together. So, in this little montage at the beginning, we see Two-Face, and we see the Penguin, uh, voiced by the same character, or people that voiced him before. And the Scarecrow has actually threatened Gotham with basically a WMD-style weapon, a chemical weapon. So it, it was I, – I just have to bring this up, and I, I brought this up in the interview too, but it was just so funny because I hear this voice talking about, you know, kind of monologuing. And it didn't sound anything like any Batman voice I've ever heard. I'm like, I got a little disappointed. I'm like, wow, maybe this is just placeholder or something. But I was sitting there in the front, in the front row just getting all disappointed. And then they make this traversal over to Jim Gordon, and here it's Jim Gordon talking. And they swipe over to Batman, and he starts talking, and it's Kevin fucking Conroy. I'm like, yes! I actually threw my hands up in the air. I was like, yes! And Gaz, the other guy from Rocksteady that was actually playing the game, looked over and pointed at me. He's like, ha ha! <clears throat> so I think they were actually going for that reaction. Um, it was cool, though, because in my demo, there were only six people total. Because at the same time, not only was the alien, what is it, alien extinction from Sega, the new one, something like that, that was going on that I was invited to and I couldn't go to. But also, two blocks away was the Sony presentation for Project Morpheus, what what was going to become Project Morpheus. So I had to make this decision, like, what do I go to? Because I was invited to all three, obviously. And I chose to go to Batman, obviously. I mean, <laughs> it's Batman. So we didn't have very many people in our, in our, uh, in our session, which was great because I, th- I think we got a little bit more love out of it, uh, which, which was great. You know, we got to see a little bit more, but also we all got sit-down time, and that's how I got this interview with, with Dax. <clears throat> um, so the first thing that, that really threw me for this, and it's something that I, I thought of Josh about like right away, is they have this new system called um, Grapple and Glide. So in the other games, you could kind of glide with your cape all the time. Those bastards ripping off Just Cause 2. <laughs> uh, which is funny because Dax was like the creative director or the game director on Just Cause 1. See? Which I thought was funny. He, I brought it up and he kind of laughed. He goes, oh. I, <clears throat> so obviously he didn't say anything. So what you can do now is uh, the glide is a lot more active. It's It's a little bit more fast it's not just kind of floating around like the first game 
But what you can do is you can actually shoot out your grappling gun and and basically hoist yourself or, or catapult yourself. And you can keep gliding all the way across the city. And I will say, I think it's a better implementation than they had in Just Cause 2. Because it just seemed easier to... I mean, you gotta remember Just Cause 2 was in a forest and you know some of the things you'd think you could grapple onto, you couldn't. This is Gotham. There's city. There's buildings everywhere. Yeah. So, and it's not like Spider-Man where you're just shooting up into the into the space, and you know, oh, I'm just shooting into the sky and sliding all over the place. Uh, so that's the first thing that they had was this this grapple and glide thing, and it, it was very cool because now you're not just like kind of trying to find somewhere to hit the hit the the uh, the grapple and and pull yourself up to the top of a building. You can actively get around the city. Uh, but what really struck me right away, and and I think they were going for this. Uh, he got up on top of a very very high high perch, and he started looking around very slowly all the way across Gotham, and you could see everything, uh, lighting, everything, even off in the distance. So mm. yeah, it was. It's really hard to describe, but I mean, you could see lights moving around even like way off. The other, th- and and that's when they told us that the uh, the area that we're dealing with here for all of Gotham, Gotham City is essentially twenty times larger than the area that was in Arkham Asylum. Just to give you kind of an idea of the scope of how big this map is. Uh, so he does a dive. He jumps off this perch, does a dive. Now, <clears throat> in the past, we're used to when you're going from really high up down to the ground. You're used to not just detail kind of popping in, like textures popping in and everything else. But we're also to see, also used to seeing, like, when people are walking around on these streets, how they just kind of multiply as you're diving in, you know? Mm, yeah. That's not the case anymore. Everything was there. All the lighting was there. All the detail was there, no matter what distance you are from the, from the street. It smoothly came into, came into frame. As he dove down. But instead of diving down to the street, he popped the glide and he started actually, because he had so much speed built up, <clears throat> he was more like jetpack gliding to a certain extent. I mean, he was just flying through all their architecture, you know, these little arches they had over the street because Gotham is a very kind of old school uh, architecture. And he's gliding in and out. And he's doing the grapple and glide thing. You can actually do this uh, 180 move where if you pass something up, Instead of having to try to pull a turn off with the glide, you can hit a button. He'll actually turn around in midair, grapple, and basically turn himself around to go backwards. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's really obvious that they've made it a point to make sure that you can get around this city because it's so humongous that you can get around very easily, which I love. Because that's one of the things, even with the Infamous series, I, you know, I talked about it last time, even with that series where... The one thing that really killed the pace for me was always having to climb up the buildings. I mean, obviously in the Batman games, it's been easier because you just grapple and boom, go right to the top. But getting around the city was still kind of cumbersome. Uh, and, and they've really addressed that here. Uh, the other thing that they've kind of evolved is the battling system, you know, the, the whole fighting system. So now <clears throat> you can actually, because you can hear all these conversations going on when you're flying through the streets like normal. If you see some criminals that you want to engage, instead of trying to find somewhere to perch up on a rooftop or whatever else, at any time, you can just fire a line between two different buildings and perch up on the line. 
That's cool. Which I, you, it was funny because I, I recorded the audio of the session just so I could take notes with that. And you can actually hear me going, whoa, because <laughs> it just blew my mind. So he does that. He perches up and he sees there's like five or six enemies at least uh, kind of beating up on a cop, I think it was. And so he did this glide over them, like kind of a slow glide, and he targeted three of the enemies. And you can actually fire three batarangs down now, knock those three's got three guys out, or you know at least incapacitate them a little bit, drop down and start like fighting these guys right away. But three of them are already kind of dizzied and everything else. Uh, the counter system's back, obviously. I mean, these are the guys that pretty much created that counter system. Uh, but it's a little more evolved now. Like you can grab the weapons a little bit easier and, and use like a baseball bat against somebody. Uh, they're just, the fighting looks so good and it, it looked a lot more kind of free flowing than it did before. It didn't seem like it was kind of held to that animation. You know what I mean? You didn't have to wait for the animation to finish to pull off another move. Mm-hmm. It just seemed a lot more natural. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to skip all over the place like usual. But uh, so you get done with the battle, and they call in the Batmobile, and I didn't know what to think with the Batmobile. Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be just this traversal system where you could drive it every now and then, or just in certain circumstances. And we found out very quickly that the Batmobile is actually tracking you all the way throughout the city. So wherever you are, it's close, and you can call it in pretty much at any time when you're on the surface. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be like in buildings, you know, missions or whatever else, but from what we saw, you can pretty much call it in anywhere you are. So you call it in and the driving starts. And the closest thing that I can liken it to is Burnout Paradise hmm. without like time trials and all that other crap. But you can drive anywhere in Gotham with this Batmobile. You can run into stuff. It's built like a tank. And they actually, uh, the quote I have in there is it's built to be. A wrecking ball, and the, the, you'll see a picture in the, in the article of the new Batmobile, and it's it really takes from a lot of the different designs. It takes from the 1989 Michael Keaton movie. It takes from the first two Arkham uh, Arkham games, and it also takes from the Tumblr. You can see all that influence in this new Batmobile, and it looks badass. It just looks like a badass vehicle that can blow through stuff. So he's driving all over the city, and he's just running into everything, and just blasting it all apart the only thing you really can't do obviously is like drive through a building or something like that but if it's if it's oh, stuff, well that's bullshit yeah, crap i'm out <laughs> so he's driving all over with this thing and then you can set a waypoint and the gps we normally see on these games is like a line or some arrows on on the street itself right so they did something pretty cool and it's a really small change but i, I just loved it now the arrows are vertical. So they're in the center of the road everywhere you're going, and they're vertical. Because with all the crap going on, all the, all the particles and all the debris flying everywhere, it made it easier to see. But they made it kind of translucent so it wasn't, like, blocking your view. Mm-hmm. And it's a little small change. I've never seen anybody else do this before, but it worked. I mean, I was watching him play, and it's fast-paced. And I never lost where he needed to be. So... Hmm. Something else you can do in the Batmobile. Uh, there are defensive weapons on it, like the immobilizer rockets that we saw. Uh, but you can also... It's got a freaking ejector seat. And you can <laughs> fling yourself up into the air and go into a glide immediately. Like, it's all seamless. It, it's all 
like everything works together. It's so freaking cool. Uh, and I mean, you could be up on top of a building, call the Batmobile in, you'll jump down, boom, it's there. So they showed this one thing where uh, you get a report that the Scarecrow's men have stolen like this military-like vehicle. So you you get the coordinates for it, you find it, and you start chasing it, and it's like this chase thing, like in a Need for Speed or you know, like a burnout. And it takes out a cop car, and you're still chasing this thing. And then if you get close enough, you can lock onto it with these immobilizer rockets and actually take it out. But it, it's it, it's a defensive weapon. It's supposed to be non-lethal. So you take it out. But the whole time that he's driving this thing, and they're driving through like Chinatown, all these other uh, districts, it really showed you the lighting in this game, how, how awesome the lighting is in this game. So the back of the Batmobile has like these metal scales, like these big steel scales on the back of it, like battle armor. And they're all like aimed a little bit differently. And all the light was hitting that stuff realistically. So all the lighting was different on every one of those scales because they're angled differently. Hmm. Everything was lit. And like I said, no matter how far away from it, you could still see the lighting if there was something present. So he takes out the van and he does, and they called it the long, slow walk of justice, which just cracked me up. But Batman walks up and he's going after the driver. He wants to find out where the scarecrow is. <clears throat> and the interrogation was incredibly brutal, like it should be. Uh, the guy gives up the information and you find out then that Oracle is actually a big part of this game. Uh, Oracle being Barbara Gordon, Jim Gordon's daughter. If you've never really read Batman before, uh, she, in The Killing Joke, she's shot and her uh, spine is severed. Spoilers. That book's been out for like 28 years. Um, So she's in a wheelchair and she becomes Oracle. Uh, Which if you ever actually watched that short-lived show Birds of Prey, that was Oracle there too. Played by Dina Meyer. I can't believe I remember that. Anyway, um, so Oracle in the first two games, I mean, you've heard her if you've played the first two games. She's always in Batman's ear. This time around, she's actually like an active character in the game. You work with her a lot. So she's helping you with chemical analysis and everything else. And I I kind of started figuring out that she's going to be kind of the new central hub at least the way they were acting this this time i didn't you know they never talked about the the, the bat cave or anything else but there might still be a bat cave i don't know she's his very own cortana <laughs> it's so exciting <laughs> so again if you're a batman fan if you read any of it she is up in this clock tower that's her kind of secret base uh so that be- kind of becomes your new central hub at least in this demo it was so you can go talk to her and, and get things an- analyzed. I wanted to say analysis. Uh, analyzed. Uh, but she's analyzed. an active part of your team. Now. What's that? Analyzed. Analyzed. <laughs> so you have a lot of interactions with her. Uh, she's actually in the city still, and her dad thinks she's out of the city because he doesn't know she's Oracle, obviously. But uh, you know they've ordered uh, an evacuation of the whole city because of this threat from the Scarecrow. So... It goes into a lot of the stuff, uh, a lot of the storyline, like I don't want to lie to my father, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, and I think I asked that on the interview was with, with basically like how are the sides – how is the side stuff handled? Uh, because, and I, I kind of brought up Arkham City where it seemed a little bit too distracting to me. And the way he described it is that there is still stuff on the side, but it's a lot more in the lines of like multiple storylines at the same time. 
So it didn't seem like it was going to be just these little missions here and there, these little side missions. It's going to be multiple storylines. So I want to see how that works out. I, you know, I don't really know if if I was getting the PR answer on that one or not. But obviously, you and I have talked about that before with with Gotham City, where it's a great game, or Arkham City. Uh, it's a great game, but there's so many distractions; it's really tough to stay focused on the prize. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we'll see with that one. <clears throat> so um, then, in the in the demo, uh, we got this choice. Uh, so the Riddler, he finds out the Riddler's around. And the Riddler is kind of hiding out, and he finds out the coordinates of where the Riddler is. He, uh, and this is, like I said, I'm jumping around. So we had the choice of either going to visit Oracle or go to the Riddler. He actually gave me the choice, and of course I said, dude, Riddler. So he goes to the coordinates, bashing everything in sight, uh, running over criminals. It was pretty, pretty sweet, actually. Uh, gets there, and he pulls into this elevator, and it starts going down, and the, and the Riddler pops up on the walls. And starts talking about how he's set a trap and all this other crap, and basically he's gonna he's gonna put Batman through these trials in the Batmobile. Well, Batman decrypts the the data ahead of time and basically takes control of all the traps in this like racetrack. So that's what it is. It, it, it's like this racetrack with all these traps set, and you have to do in this demo. It was three laps, and you had a certain amount of time you had to get through all of them. You control the traps, like either moving them one side to the other with L3. So you would just click down on the stick to do it. It was cool. It was really cool. He could drive up on the wall. He drove over the ceiling one time, did like a, you know, a big loop. It was awesome. Here's my biggest worry about the game, though. I don't know if I want this distraction in this game. Mm. Because it's obvious that you're going to have to go through a couple of them, at least. Uh, it's under the guise of the Riddler now has all this data on the Batmobile and he's going to make things harder. As a standalone game, I would play it. I would definitely play it. Uh, if it's required, I don't know if I'm going to be happy with it. So, because it looked cool, but if it if my progress in the game depends on me getting through these trials, I'm not going to be a happy camper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's the one thing that really worried me about this demo. And obviously, <clears throat> there's a lot more to find out about the game. There's a lot more to find out about everything. But like I said, for the, the hour I was sitting there watching this, that was the one thing where I was like, wow, this is really cool. I would totally play this. I just don't know if I want to play it in the main story. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. I'm looking at my write-up, which is humongous, by the way. You guys should go look at the write-up on psnation.com. It's over 2,500 words. <laughs> I went a little nuts. <coughs> so anyway, uh, so you get done with that, you get back out, and uh, you find out that you have to get this radio tower and make a change to this radio tower. So you get there, and... Um, you use that, that Batman vision, you know, the de- detective vision, and you see that there's three armed guards inside this building, and they have a hostage. So before, you would basically slide in and basically try to take them all out si- uh, silently, you know, using stealth and everything else, with varying results. If you play like me and you're terrible at stealth games, well, you probably get shot. So he, they now have this new uh, attack called the, I'm going to get it wrong, like the fear takedown. Yeah, the fear takedown. <clears throat> so this lets you take out three enemies, up to three enemies. And what he did is he used one of the gratings, went under the floor, 
and you got in the room and you could see you could spot all three enemies. So you, he does this fear takedown. He pops out of the grating, takes the first guy out right away, slides over to the second guy and takes him out. And all of a sudden in the background, you could see the third guy. And he was flipping out, and he's actually like firing his machine gun wildly up in the air. You could see all of it, like all the lightning and everything going off. <laughs> and Batman takes the throw. It was, I mean, that was the one thing where I saw that and I was just laughing my ass off because it was this whole fear factor part of it. And he really was scared. He's like, oh my God, you know, and just like, holy crap, I want to get out of here. <clears throat> so Batman takes them all out. Uh, he releases the guy, they open the door, and everything seems good. He shuts off the radio tower. And everything seems great. So he walks out, thinks everything's done. He's going to go back and probably talk to Oracle. And all of a sudden you hear a couple of gunshots. And they plink, plink at his feet. So he turns around to see what the heck this is. And there's like this masked vigilante or masked dude. We think it's a dude. Uh, Kind of in a tight jacket, pants, no cape or anything. And like a knight's helmet. Like a uh, uh, modern version of a knight's helmet, like you know, a suit of suit of arms. Knocks Batman down, puts his foot on his chest. There's a shot of this in the write-up, and he's got his pistol pointed at him. And he basically says, "This is over tonight, or this is going to end tonight." Fades to black, and you hear a gunshot. That is the Arkham Knight, which is an entirely. And I'm sitting there racking my brain when I see this. Like, who the hell is this? Is this Deadshot? Is this who is this? Because you, at first when you see him, I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm going through the DC database in my brain and I can't figure out who the hell this is. And now I know why I couldn't figure it out. This is an entirely new character that they created with DC. Interesting. So, yeah. So just think of the of the possibilities now because you don't have any preconceived notions about this character because the character has not been in any of the comics before. You haven't dealt with this character in any of the other DC games in the past. None of the movies, none of the TV shows, nothing. So now you don't know what to expect from this character. How ingenious is that? When you think about it. That's crazy. So the rogues gallery is still going to be there. But now you have this all new character and you don't know what the motives are. You don't know if, you know, if he or she is going to be friend or foe. Nothing. It's, it's awesome. It just blew my mind when I started actually thinking about that later on that night. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm sure I missed some stuff, but I've got the write-up. Uh, there's some great images in there that uh, Warner Brothers got to us. Uh, you can see the new uh, the new Batmobile. Uh, you can see the clock tower. Uh, a couple of different shots of the Arkham Knight. Uh, actually, three different shots of the Arkham Knight. And a lot of other stuff. So check it out. I mean, I, I actually went through the audio for the thing and pretty much typed out everything that I could. And that's why it's so long. But it's it's pretty much the, the session that I saw is what you're going to read. It was the highlight of my GDC. Or at least one of the, the few highlights of GDC for me. It was really cool to see. Again, I was seeing a PC build. It wasn't done. I mean, it's months out. So the frame rate stuttered here and there. But who cares? It's... It's expected for something like this. He was actually playing it with the DualShock 4, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, they said that, it, again, it's going to be very representative of what I saw of what the PS4 version will be. Uh, and I honestly think this is probably one of the best things I've ever seen on next-gen so far. Because uh, it's built from the ground up for that technology. Everything just looks fantastic. I mean, the pictures you're going to see are obviously from a PC build. 
but they've told me they're not bull shots. Except for the one render. There's one render in there. But everything else are screenshots from the gameplay. And that was the thing um, that they talked about also is this seamless transition from gameplay to cutscene now. So there's no break in the action. There's no fade to black. There's no video loading. Everything you see in this for cutscenes is in-engine, in the game. Everything's there. And it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. So I hope you liked the interview. Uh, I'm really glad we got that. I was going to do some video. And I'm like, wait, I'll get audio. I'll put it on the podcast. Now I can take the audio and put it on a video if we get it. Uh, it it's really cool. I can't. And they just showed us a little segment of it. I mean, this game's going to be humongous. I mean, we already know Scarecrow's there. We already know Riddler's there. We already know Penguin and Two-Face are there. It's the whole rogues gallery. And with a map this size, there's going to be so much to do. So, very, very excited. Uh, it is supposed to come out in 2014. They did not give us any other details except for late 2014. Uh, this is on the top of my list. I can't wait for this game. So, go read the article, though. There's a lot of stuff in there that I didn't talk about. A lot of stuff. So, more Batman. Batmanga. <laughs> they were very clear, though, that this is definitely the last game that Rocksteady is doing for Batman. And then, of course, I said, what, Green Lantern next? Hmm. <laughs> All right. Super mang. <laughs> well, I mean, did you get a look at any of the pictures? No. Damn you, Josh. Dude, it's been that kind of week. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it looks like you sent some emails over. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> all right. So I guess I start. This first one is from Matthew Rice. Again. Again. He's written in before. Yeah. All right. I am excited about Project Morpheus. Morpheus. One question I have is about eyeglasses. Mm. I have poor eyesight and cannot play games without them. How did Sony's VR helmet fit around glasses? Well, Glenn never wears his glasses, so... I only have reading know. glasses. I'm not going to wear them in there. Uh, I did talk to somebody that had them, and just from having them on, I don't think they'll be a problem. Uh, because the rubber that... There's like this rubber gasket around where your face meets the, the glasses. And it was very soft. It wasn't like really hard rubber or anything. It was very soft. And I think they did that specifically for people that wore glasses. Uh, but the guy that was in front of me in line wore glasses, and he said it was no problem at all. All right. Also, can you use Project Morpheus as a regular TV screen? Oh, my God. <laughs> the ability to use it as a screen replacement would make it viable for use now and with <laughs> non-VR games. He wants uh, porn, doesn't he? Probably. Yeah. So that, yeah, so that the wife can't see what's going on there. <laughs> that C-section scar will be right there in front of you. <laughs> Personally, I would love... To put on the headgear and good headphones and completely zone out for a while. Oh, is that what you call it? Uh-huh. Is, that- <laughs> is that the euphemism we're using this month? Games would be better with a little sensory deprivation. Thanks for the show. Listen every week. Sparky AF. P.S. Hell Toddler. Uh, hmm. um, obviously, the unit that I saw and tried is a prototype. I mean, they're, they said that this thing might not even come to uh, come to retail ever. Yeah. What they had currently was a breakout box. 
uh, I don't even know how it all connected, but they had a screen running, so I think they were using some kind of splitter probably. But I don't know. I don't know if you can use it for TV or not. I mean, I don't see why not, but I doubt the motion stuff would work with regular TV, which I guess, why would you need that? <clears throat> not sure. But I'm, I would assume that it would work, but I can't say for sure. Nobody said nothing. Yeah, I, I don't even know <laughs> if I would want that personally, but... Uh. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right, up next, this is from our longtime emailer, Jeff Campanozzi. I'm a Campanozzi. Campanozzi. I wish he'd come to MGC so we could, we could see if he actually wears a, a mustache. I mean, anyway. Uh, he says, now that Project Morpheus is out of the bag, do you guys think that Media Molecule's next game just might be built around VR? P.S. Will Joel ever come back to the show? Uh, maybe at MGC? I don't know. Yeah. Joel has his own show. Called Band of Gamers, right? Yes. Yeah, Band of Gamers. Yeah. Um, I just asked that because I'm so fried right now. Uh, will it be built? I I would think that Mini Molecule are probably doing some kind of a demo for it or tech demo for it. Their next game is definitely not for VR. But I did hear that um, that Oddworld are thinking about bringing Stranger's Wrath HD to PS4 and they're looking at possibly doing Project Morpheus stuff for it. Huh. Yeah. I told Stuart I was going to confirm all that tonight. He's like, don't! <laughs> but I mean, the, the word was already out. He talked to Six Axis or something, or Eurogamer. He's a big trader now. But uh, the word came out the other day and I emailed him and he said basically they're thinking like a Stranger's Wrath with additional stuff, and they're thinking about maybe doing Morpheus. But I, I think a lot of developers are going to look at it. I think what really comes down to it is, is it going to be easy to do? If you have to do all this custom coding, a lot of developers are just going to say, forget it, it's not worth it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But no, their next game is definitely not for VR. Hmm. And also, a little birdie told me the Little Big Planet is coming to PS4, but it's going to probably be a remake, like an HD remake of either one or two or both. Ooh. Yeah. Just saying. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. we've never heard from this person before. Derek Lloyd. But look what his name is in the bottom. Krasdkarnurk. But he no, spelled it all wrong. It's Crazed Canuck, but, yeah, but it's all spelled funny. Two Z's? K-R-A-Z-Z-E-D-K-A-N-U-K. Those crazy Canucks can't even spell their own stuff. All right, Derek Lloyd. <laughs> Hi, guys. Long-time listener and a very long-time gamer since the Atari 2600. Yay! And Commodore VIC-20. Boo. Oh, the VIC-20 was, was all right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, all right. I was hoping you could discuss on the podcast the recent price increase in Canada of the PS4 and accessories. The PS4 is going from three ninety nine to four forty nine, and controllers are going from fifty nine ninety nine to sixty four ninety nine. Sony is blaming the low value of the Canadian dollar, which stands about ten percent lower than the U.S. dollar. Well, Canada must really be screwing up if their like money is worth less than ours. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, Obama. Uh, I can. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> 
Thanks, Obama. Dick. I can remember back in 2011, 2012, when the Canadian dollar was higher than the U.S. dollar. Oh, yeah. That's the problem. Canada stood on their laurels and look what happened. The prices of the PS3 in Canada were at par with the U.S. Ah, You were getting screwed then, too. Uh, (laughs) When all other consoles and electronics are holding the same price on either side of the border, it may be time for us Canadians to sit on our wallets and play our other consoles and eat our Timbits and go out and play some hockey, boys. Drink our coffee that has nicotine in it. Hey, let's go out and play some hockey, boys. I'm just going to sit here and play my old systems, eh? Until pricing returns, eh? <laughs> yes, I know the X-Bone is a four ninety nine, but but it's the same on both sides of the border, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm taking this a little too far. <laughs> I feel Sony is taking advantage of the high demand on the PS4 since I still cannot get one in stores for myself. Well, Amazon U.S. had them the other day. And well, we Amazon Amazon. .ca, we have a link for as well we do. if they happen to pop that up. So, you know, there's that. You could probably sign up on Amazon.ca for them to email you when they have them in stock. You could, you could. And use our link. You could. Shameless plug. You could. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You know, the report came out from Andrew House, I thought, I want to say yesterday where they pretty much don't think that they're going to have enough PS4s for the demand until the summer. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, I got to meet Andrew House finally. Mm. Yeah. He's so short. Did you ask him what up with Wonderbook? I shut up. I didn't think of it. It was was so early in the morning. It was just kind of a hi. (laughs) Hi, sir. Don't, Don't have me killed. Don't send the Sony Ninjas, please. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, I really don't know the whole... It sucks. Yeah, it's more expensive. It sucks. That's always a shitty thing. Yeah. But I don't... I don't know what to discuss. It's... Move to the U.S., maybe? (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) No free health care for you, eh? I don't know. It's a tough call. I mean, it's an extra five bucks on the controller, an extra 50 on the console... Yeah, you gotta make that choice. I mean, I know it sucks to have to wait, but maybe you do wait until it goes back down in price. See, you should have bought one when it first came out, eh? Then the price was all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, boys. <laughs> you know, if we had this guy on Skype right now, he'd probably sound like he's from here. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. I am from Canada. Would you like some Tim Hortons? Maybe some back bacon. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. How we love thee. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like we're kind of passing this over, but I really have nothing to say. Yeah, I I don't know. I I would... Oh, my kid and I probably buy it anyway. Yeah. I... <laughs> Well, I was proud of you, though. You took that that. X-Bone back. Yeah, well, I couldn't afford it. Well, not just that. Why? Huh? Well, why would you even have one right now? There's nothing to play on it. I don't know. Yeah, there really isn't. I mean, there there were a couple of exclusives right off the bat, but that was about it, and not much beyond that, so... Meh. 
Anyway, all right. Last email. Wow, we're blown through the show this week. We're nowhere near three hours. But that's okay, because I have to edit this thing tonight still. Yeah, and I'm already falling asleep. Aw. Then we know it's a good podcast if Josh is falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is this mine or yours? I think it's mine. Uh, Yours. Yeah. Uh, This is from Ben. He says, hey, guys, being that you're gamers and not fanboys, I have a question. I have a PS3, but I'm thinking about putting getting a second console. This one we're gonna drag out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait until, or I'm gonna wait a while on the PS4, and I'm not much of a portable gamer. If you had to choose, would you rather have an Xbox 360 or a Wii U? Oh God! I enjoy the show and value your opinions, sucker. Thanks for your input. You know, my first train of thought on this is, what do you want to play? Because there's so many multi-platform or multi-platform games on between PS3 and 360 that if you want the exclusives on 360, get a 360. If you want a system that there's not much available for, get a Wii U. <clears throat> Flat out, it's I haven't touched my Wii U in weeks. That sounds kind of dirty, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, uh, I'm talking about a game console. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, the Wii U, it offers a very unique experience, but there's not a whole lot there right now. Yeah. Um, The 360 offers a pretty similar experience to the PS3, but you do have a bunch of exclusives there that you could get a hold of and probably really have fun with. Yeah. so that's really what you have to decide. Um, it, it's weird. A, yeah, take a look at those exclusives that the 360 has and take a look at what's available on the Wii U right now and and try to decide where you're going to get more value. Uh, and, and I'm not saying not even just the uh just the disc based games the 360 had a ton of stuff on Xbox Live Arcade that yeah. never came to the PSN yeah a, a bunch of it did fez being the most recent uh just the other day but there is still a ton of stuff on there a ton of really good games that never came over to the PSN um so actually that would make me kind of say go for the 360 at this point um it, but it, i mean if you're it's a tough call if you're kind of a nintendo fan want. yeah there might be enough on the wii u to hold you over i mean there's the mario 3d land there's mario and luigi there's the luigi stuff yeah um, there's the lego uh, uh lego city undercover yeah lego city game um, um God, there else? are some there are some cool experiences on there. Zombie U is yeah. it's not as great as it should have been, yeah. but it's not bad. You know, it's uh, Donkey Kong, the new one. There's Mario Kart coming out soon, not soon enough, but soon. It's just the, here. Here's my dilemma between like the Wii U and what I have now on PlayStation, and that the fact is, a lot of the downloadable titles, like the indie stuff and everything else on the Wii U, I can already get. Uh, and I almost probably already have on one of my PlayStations, either Vita, PS3, or PS4. So th- that subsection kind of goes out the window for me. And when you tear that away from the store, there isn't much left. And that's the biggest problem with the Wii U is 
I, I think I said it two weeks ago. I'm just starved for content on that system. I'm not a big fan of that that 3D Mario. I just don't like it. Uh, I played it at Mark's oh, I love night. I just it. wasn't a fan. I love it. <laughs> and, and I get that. I totally get that. Uh, and as a pretty much big Nintendo fanboy, just not in the last few years, it's tough for me because I want stuff on there. And the problem is, at least for me, and I, I, I know we've said this before, but a lot, like the Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario whatever 2 it's kind of made to be a, a, a multiplayer game, but it's all local. I mean, it still works as single player, but the design is that it's a four-player cooperative on-the-couch game. And there's a few games like that for the Wii U. And, and, you know, there's even some people saying that I want to get it just for the party games. I'm like, what party games? Because it doesn't really have that much content for that kind of thing either. So, you know, if you want to get Donkey Kong and you want to get... Uh, the Wonderful 101, which is actually really good, but some of the control stuff's weird. If you want to get the Mario games and everything else, we use a great deal. It's just, it's too, well, it, it's good, but it's too fucking expensive still. I mean, that's why I bought it, because I got it on a discount, but it, it's too expensive. It shouldn't be what the price it is. Especially for the amount of games they have for it, which is small. Mm. 360, you can get pretty cheap. You got to pay for gold. If you want to do anything online at all, but the 360 is, is, you can get one for, what, 200 bucks now, I think? And there's a lot of great downloadable games. I think so. Actually, if you go with the 360, do not get the 4 gig no. model. Don't go super cheap because no. that, that's the cheapest one, but do not do that. Because if there are, um, if there are games you want to download, actually, I think you can, they've set it up now so you can plug in an external drive, but uh, even it's, then... I, you're still paying I, more money at the end of the day, and it's, yeah, it's a bigger I would hassle. say just, just get, the, get one with a, a hard drive built in. And that's one thing also with the Wii U is, you know, the biggest internal storage you can get on that is 32 gig. But yeah. it's made so you can hook up a USB drive to it too, but again, it's kind of cumbersome to me. I don't want to have some drive hanging off the damn thing. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near having that thing full, but it does yeah. weigh on me every now and then that I can't yeah. believe that they only went 32 gig on it. It's just Nintendo being stupid, as usual. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I forgot to mention, but I got Yoshi's Story on the 3DS. And it's really good, but it's so freaking easy now. It used to be a really tough game on the SNES, and they made it super easy. But I'm starting to agree with some people that the 3DS, they have way more good games right now than, than the Wii U. But, yeah. I don't know. I That's a tough call. I mean, the thing is, with having all three PlayStations, there's so much content that I don't even worry about the other stuff. I can't even remember the last time I powered up my 360. It's not even plugged in right now. I don't even know where it is right now. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I'll have to go find that. It left home. Uh, it might be in another room. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I mean... I don't know. I, I have some really good downloadable games on the, on the 360 myself that never came out on the other systems, and there's some good stuff. I just there's that South Park game which is really good. Yeah, the Scott Tenderman one. Yeah. Yep, I really like that one. I was over. You were playing that. It didn't really seem that great to me. Uh, you need to see deeper into it. It gets really fun because I don't think you saw that part, or if you did, maybe I didn't get that far. Um, you get costumes that you can switch into and they're all their superhero costumes. So the coon, 
and um, Mysterio, and you know they're they basically it changes up the gameplay because you can change into all these costumes and do the superhero stuff with them, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun. It's it's a fun game. It's a really good story in it. That's why I liked it. So mm. eh. it's cool. No, I mean. It- the 360, they really screwed people over, though. That I remember buying Time Pilot and some other arcade classics, and then they did that whole Xbox Live, like, like the arcade arcade, mm, and you yeah. had to rebuy the games instead of using the ones you already had. And ugh. Well, that whole thing just disappeared. I don't even know if that's still... It's still there, but they haven't put anything new on it in years. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, nothing's perfect. That's a tough... Man, I we're not telling them anything. Yeah. We're back no, and forth we about are. it. No, I th- I thought I told him. I, I don't. No, know. nobody listens to you. No. <laughs> well, I know that. Um, Aw. So, actually, that reminded me of things that you know came out and people stopped playing and whatever. Um, PlayStation Home <laughs> got the trophies. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that, did we? Yeah, I brought it. Yeah, we brought it up because remember we? we said, "Hey, see, we we talked about PlayStation Home." Oh, uh, that's right. We did. Yeah, I guess um, there's a few that are pretty easy to get, like, uh, and they're retroactive. So you get one right away if you log into home. You get one if you change your costume five times. You get there's there's some pretty easy ones. I just but it's here. only yeah it's it's just a handful yeah. of trophies. It's it's like it's a downloadable title, like a PSN title. You're, there's no platinum there, and. I don't know though. I was surprised because I was in there and I was messing around. It it's staggering how much content is in there and oh, how yeah. they keep updating it constantly. Because when I went in, there was a whole St. Patrick's Day area uh with like a million things to do. You could you went in and you got credits and you could rent a bike. So I rented one of the old timey bikes with the giant front wheel and the little tiny back wheel. My grandfather used to ride one of those. <laughs> and you just and you could ride it all over this area. It was so funny. I was like, this is ridiculous. See, now what you have to do is get an outfit for your character that has like the curly mustache and just like the little <laughs> the little thing with the one strap over your shoulder and you walk on ho 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 hip hop 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 and have the round dumbbells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool though. It's there's so much, so much stuff to do in there that I don't know. I it's a shame. I I always forget that it's there and forget to go in. But when I do go in every now and then, I'm like, oh wow, there's this and there's the oh look at all the stuff you do and there's you know I've got a ton of arcade games in there. Yeah. Uh, because when you buy Dragon's Lair and you buy all these other games, you just automatically get the 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 actual cabinet cabinet yeah. you know in home which is really cool yeah i agree so yeah i just need to play it more i just literally haven't had time i don't think about it i, I well, i've never yeah, really I like sat on my couch and said you know what i gotta do i gotta go do a, do some playstation <laughs> home I, I just never think about that because i got all these games to play all the time yeah i mean i get it and we we were in home for a long time and like i said I'm going to be talking to Jack Booster probably next week about maybe getting back into home for us, but um, I just, it's so tough for me to, to just, oh, sit down and actually go into home. And I know there's some compelling stuff in there now. I just don't have enough time and stuff and yeah. junk. 
So there. Where the fuck are we with this? We he was asking about if we should get a Wii or a 360. Yeah. Yeah, we're all over the place. Go to PlayStation Home. <laughs> <There> you, <go. laughs> I, you know, it sucks. I mean, I was really on a kick for a while on the Wii U. For some reason, I just wanted to get it. Which is funny, because for a long time, I, and, I, and to this day, even owning one now, I'm like, why the hell did I do this? But Mario Kart was out there. It was looming. And I knew I wanted Mario Kart. And I got it, and it just sits down there. And every now and then, I'll grab the controller and start dicking around with it, and there's just nothing. It's just... I just can't find anything I want to play. It sucks. Yeah. I even bought um, one of those wireless IR bars. So I could use <laughs> the Wii stuff down there. Jeez, you went nuts. No, they're cheap now. Uh, Monoprice has one for like eight bucks. So I bought because I wanted to keep the console in the other room. So I got that. And also, you have to have that. Because when you do the Wii transfer to the Wii U, you have to actually use the Wii mode. So, but I I don't know, man. It's really tough for me to recommend a Wii U. Like, I tell everybody, don't even do it. 360, there's a lot of stuff on it. But again, it's a lot of multi-platform stuff that you might already have. Is there something compelling on the 360 that you want to play? That's the biggest thing. Where are the, What are the games you want to get? That's what should answer your question. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So make that your uh, your criteria for figuring out what you want to get. Or just buy more PlayStation games. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it'll be 14 the shows coming out next week. What else do you need? Yeah. And that's months of gameplay. <laughs> just saying. All right. We have anything else? Yeah. What's that? No. Nah. Oh, you dick. <laughs> That's all I'm saying now. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, if you want to shoot us an email like all these fine folks tonight, you can do that by sending us an email to podcast at psnation.com. Or you can go to the website at psnation.com and hit that contact us section on the left side of the screen. You can also leave us a voicemail a couple different ways. And I will have things set up next week so we can do voicemails because tonight we're just rushed. You can leave us a voicemail at 408-657-VITA. That's 408-657-8482. Or if you have Skype, you can just call us using WDT-TORGO. You can also uh, get over there and like our Facebook page. Uh, we hit 400 and some followers today because I'm just doing code drops like you wouldn't believe. we got a ton of games to give away, and I've been doing it all day, and I'll probably be doing it more tomorrow because we have a ton of them. Did I say ton yet? A ton of codes giving away. For Europe and the U.S., by the way. So these damn Europeans can shut their pie holes for a change. How many How many codes? <clears throat> Pretty much a ton. Mm-hmm. If you weighed these codes, I think it would be around 2,000 pounds or more. Wow. And not European money pounds, like weight pounds. Just saying. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can also get over there and join our Facebook group. Uh, which we're over 1,500 people on the group now, uh, which I'm going to shut down tomorrow because I want people to start using our forums. Just saying. I'm just going to shut it down. That's a good idea. <laughs> just hit the hit the switch. <laughs> I, I think we finally, quote-unquote, made it, though, because we have spammers trying to join our group every day now. <laughs> uh, and they all want to, like, a couple of them will slip through every now and then, and they always post spam for sunglasses. It's always sunglasses. I don't know what it is, 
But apparently somebody has a surplus of sunglasses and they need to get rid of them now. That's all they ever post. And then I see the email and I get all pissed off. Like, who let this person in the group? (laughs) And then it's usually Dave. I'm kidding, Dave. It's never me. Well, Dave did the last one, so I gave him grief today. You let a spammer in. Uh... If you uh, use Stitcher to listen to your podcast, we are on Stitcher. You can go over to the video game section. You'll find us there. Uh, if you, um, you know, like use the Twitters at all, you can find Josh at PJF Josh. You can find our main account at PS Nation. Yeah, quite a few people found me when the uh, Vita firmware was announced. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Get on there and hassle Josh. Oh my gosh, my Twitter blew up. He so needs... I saw some of them. I was laughing so hard. It was crazy. Don't forget our podcast network over at Retroids.com. And don't forget our website at PSNation.com with all of our fine writers. Jason Honecker, our, our, our other JRPG writer, finally got his first review up. Actually, did it really quickly for that big game. Uh, was it like The Witch and the something or other? The Witch and the Hundred Knights. Yeah. Uh, sounds like it's a cool game. So... Check out his review. Uh, we got a lot of other reviews going up on the site as well, uh, including my MLB thirteen or MLB fourteen. The show review for PS3 and Vita on Monday. Josh, you're working on a couple things. You just got. What did you just get? got? Well, yeah. What, what did you just get? I forget. Uh, it was like a Dynasty Warriors thing, wasn't it? Dynasty Warriors eight. That's PS. You got it for all the systems, though, didn't you? It's well, Dynasty Warriors Eight is PS4 and Vita. Yeah, at least that's what the code is. Oh, unless maybe it works on the PS3. I don't know. I thought you got like a different one for PS3 because well, I, no, there's a, there's a different game for PS3. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, not yeah. different code, different game. Uh, oh wait, oh no, yeah, Dynasty Warriors Eight, uh, for the PS3. They said, contact us for an additional code for that. Um, Because for the Vita and PS4, yeah, we talked about this last week. For the Vita and PS4, it's Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends Complete Edition. Super Street Fighters Hyper Edition. And for PS3, it's just Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends. Ah, So you're not getting the complete thing. Uh, For PS3 and Vita... It's Deception for Blood Ties. Ah, yes. And I, I vaguely was aware, but it just didn't hit me. Deception Four, like one of the earlier games in that series, is Trapped T R A P T, which is one of those games I got from Guzex a while back for the PS2. And it ah. looked, I, I picked it up because I, I saw somebody had it available and I went and I looked up what it was all about. And I was like, that actually really looks kind of interesting. Interesting. Uh, because you were, you were in that one, you were a princess, you were framed for the murder of your father, the king. And you basically go and set up all these traps all over the place like on the ceiling, on the floors, on the wall, wherever, and then try to get these things into the traps. Mm. <laughs> Essentially, it's it's like this really weird setup. It's it's unlike anything I had ever seen before, and it just looked like such a cool concept. So cool. it's it's neat that now I can play it on the Vita and 
on the PS4, and I'm I'm really excited to try these out. Nice. So. Well, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff in the works, and we've got a lot of stuff coming. And uh, like I said, after I get the MLB stuff done next week, I'll be putting some uh, write-ups for all this GDC stuff that I saw as well. So uh, we're going to have a pretty good amount of content coming to the website. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. So uh, don't forget to help us out, though. We need to pay our bills in some shape or form, and there's a couple different ways you can help us. Uh, one is by, uh, if you're into audiobooks at all, you can go to audiopodcast.com, or it's audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. Sign up for the free trial, and we get a little piece of the action even if you don't stay with the trial. So it's pretty badass. Get to choose from over 150,000 audiobooks, and with this trial offer, even if you don't stick with it, you get to keep one of the books. So that's pretty uh, pretty nice, and it's a, it's a great deal uh, if, you, if you're into audiobooks. There's a ton of stuff there, and it works on all the different mobile devices now, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, also, you can help us out by using our affiliate store links. We talked about the Amazon links before. We also have like a GameStop one. We've got one for Walmart.com, a whole bunch of different stuff. So if you go to psnation.com, look on the left side. You'll see affiliate store links, and uh, what you can do is just click that link, and you go to the store. You just do all your shopping like you would normally. Nothing changes. None of the prices change. Nothing. But we get a little piece of the action. We get a little percentage off of that. Helps us pay for uh, our different trips like for E3, which is going to be really expensive this year. But it helps us pay for E3. It helps us pay for our server and all kinds of stuff, the software we need to, you know, to like we have this auto broadcasting now, the broadcast. Anytime we post on the website, it goes to Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have to pay for all that. So going to that stuff helps us out, and we thank everybody so much for, for helping us by using those links already. But uh, tell your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your family. Uh, you can make that link a bookmark, which is even easier than you just go to that bookmark to shop anytime, and uh, it's pretty badass. So thank you so much for using that link, and uh, it does help. Trust me, it really helps, and uh, can't thank you enough for all that. And our merch store, if you want to get something, we don't even make money off this stuff, people. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll make enough money where we can like pre-make some shirts or something, but uh, we've got some cool stuff over at Zazzle.com slash PSNation if you're into like a hat, a mug, a travel mug. Uh, shirts, all kinds of cool stuff, stickers, all kinds of things. Uh, it's there for you guys if you want to get it. Uh, I actually do have a couple of things like the beer stein's pretty badass, and you can customize anything we have up on there. So you can put your name on there. You can put my name with a circle line through it. You can uh, put Josh up there and put like a little Vita thing with 500 apps on it or something. Anything you want to do over at zazzle.com slash psnation. So... Uh, next week we go back to a normal release cycle, so we'll be recording on Monday, releasing on Tuesday, so we'll be a little bit late with the MLB review for the podcast, but not too bad. And it will be available on the website that morning, on, on April 1st, that morning we'll have that up. So uh, until then, Josh, anything, any wisdom to pass along to the listeners? I'm exhausted. All right. I am too. I have to edit this thing tonight. We'll get out of here, get out there, play some games. Have a great week. Uh, Thanks for dealing with our scheduling weirdness and stuff and junk. We'll talk to you very soon. I stayed at a nice hotel in Cancun, a little too fancy for my taste. Type of place they leave chocolate on your pillow before you go to bed. Who started this? Yeah, I think four out of five dentists recommend a Zagnut bar before you hit the sack. I sleep real well with five pounds of sugar running through my bloodstream. Why don't you just leave me a vial of crack and a pot of black coffee on the pillow? It's four in the morning. I'm so wound up. I'm counting my pubic hairs to go back to sleep. You know? <laughs> if you want to make my stay more pleasant at a hotel, why don't you start by removing that jet engine from the air conditioner? 
ever try to sleep in an air conditioner in a hotel the air conditioner on high it's like Aah! wake up the next morning it's two degrees in your room you got Walt Disney laying next to you people actually coming into my room for ice son the machines broke down the hall let me scrape some off your nuts okay a little Italian ice for the kids we appreciate that well, they're playing Marco Polo. They work up a sweat, and they're very thirsty. Either that or you pump that dry heat into your room. You wake up the next morning, the inside of your nose is like a box of Triscuits, you know? You get that irritating whistle in your nose. I'm trying to sleep. I got Zam Fear, Master of the Pan Flute, cutting an album in my sinuses. And you touch your nose to get rid of it. The pitch gets higher. You're like... Sounds like Mariah Carey stepped in a bear trap. What is that? I like bad hotels. Nobody bothers you. The nice hotels, they pamper you too much. You know, this maid comes to my door at 8 o'clock at night. Would you like me to turn your bed down for you? Why, is it too loud? What are you talking about? She comes in, she pulls the sheets back. Oh, hey, thanks a shitload. I couldn't have figured that out myself. You know? Are people having problems with this? Is this some guy in his room calling the front desk? Yeah, this is Bill in 307. Yeah, I can't get into my bed. Yeah, it's still made. I can't find an opening anywhere. It's like in a Rubik's Cube. Jeez. Somebody mess up the sheets. I'm not sleeping on the bathroom floor again, goddammit. 